Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Mental Health Check-In, or Check-Up, depending on what you want to call it. Um, this is Kiona. This is your host. And with me tonight, I have Mike. How's it going, guys? And I have Brock. Happy to be back. And we have Jacob. Hello, everybody. And we have Josh. Whoa. And Crystal. Hi. All right, so oh, there's some thunder going on where I'm living. Um, so you know, basically, with the first mental health uh, episode, what we did was we kind of just um, we just talked about certain things that you know, uh, just emotional, mental uh, issues that we had had, and sort of just you know wanted to delve a little deeper into who we are as people and sort of uh, bring that up to our audience and. Um, with this one tonight, you know, uh, <clears throat> we have Brock here, and uh, if he wants to talk about anything, you know, because it's your first time on on the mental health show. So, basically, what I want to do is just ask everybody how they're doing. First of all, and Brock, we'll start with you. Um, how's your week been? How's your How's your month been? Really, I think um, it's been like a month. <laughs> it it, ha- it has been quite a while since I've been yeah. on any any of these. Not because I don't want to. It's just that. I just haven't had anything to talk about it. Um, it has been rather eventful up until this past week because to let everyone know, I am a consistent warrior. I suffer from something that used to be called dystymia, but it is now coined, I believe, persistent depressive disorder. Mm. It is, you basically have a low hanging level of depression at mm. all times mm-hmm. and many things can trigger it easily and then you just hang up on it pretty much. It just needs to level itself out. I used to see extreme counseling and stuff for it. I've gotten a lot better in situations and coping with it through meetings with my youth pastor, who is now basically like a second dad to me, and my mom, who I'm extremely close with. But anyways, that leads into what this is going to happen here just as a preset. I um, got recently told the news. I've been in the process of renting and owning a house for my parents. It's the house I grew up in. And literally two days ago, I purchased it. So I am now a homeowner. I recently am doing, thank you, I'm doing better than I was the last few weeks because again, being a warrior, I didn't know if I could afford it, do whatever. And then I forced myself to sit down, look at all of my bills, write everything out. And after my mom beating me over the head that I will be able to afford this for about the past two years as it's gotten close, I realized that I'm actually stupidly okay on bills and it made my life and I'm going to be very okay. And I can actually, you know, afford it and I'll be good and I can do the things I need to do. Other than that, um, work has been good. I still, I work at a mini, we're going to try that one more time. I work (laughs) at a window manufacturer. So we've been lucky enough to stay in business. We've been doing actually shockingly better since all this started for, you know, not to be coy, riots happen. Windows need to be replaced. So I'm actually doing okay. Um, And uh, I can imagine. Yeah, we're, yeah, I am actually doing shockingly well. I'm going to be looking at getting a new vehicle in the next few months also. So it's been pretty aces for me other than stupid stuff that, I, like I said, trips off my dystymia every now and then. Mm-hmm. I am actually doing shockingly well for what I normally am. So so do you have to move at all or are you no, moving? No, I've, I've been renting to owning the place I was going to buy. So I've literally oh. just, it's now mine. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> perfect, guys. man. That's a yeah. good setup right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, awesome. You know, you know what's yep. interesting is about a year ago we actually we moved from from um, my old hometown of of Honolulu to uh, to Florida. So nice. 
So uh, yeah, heck so of a move. That's a heck of a move, man. <laughs> oh yeah, I can. Also, imagine. my first time out of Hawaii, interestingly. So I nice. never, never gone anywhere until now. So so did you? And have... then the lockdown happened. Yeah. Cool. So now I can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I'm. Um, I I live in Michigan. I've I've always um lived. The last time I left Michigan was when I went to Walt Disney World um in 2003. Since then, I have never left Michigan. <laughs> I, I just missed you by 16 years. Yeah, I've, I've, I've even lived in the same exact... I have lived in this house with my parents since December 2001. That's not far off from me. I think mine would have been 98. Mm. When I was in fourth grade, I think. For, for me, it's 90, 95. I was about like two or three when when my family moved from a smaller like like a small two-story house on uh, Higby Road um, to where we live now, which has got um, five, five bedrooms, and a, guest, a guest room, five bathrooms. Nice. nice. Sweet. To, to, <laughs> Very to nice. Of, to a lot of my friends, they, they consider it like a mansion. Um, but yeah, I've, I've lived at home um, for... I'd say about 24 years and it's, it's, it's been nice. Um, I'm mostly here now just saving money because living down in New York city or anywhere else would cost an arm and a leg. Oh yeah. 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 Man, I lived at home. I didn't move out for the first time. I only didn't live not in this house for a year and I didn't move out for the first time till I was 26. So <laughs> It's significantly cheaper here than in New York. I live in Wisconsin. <laughs> mm, nice. Mm-hmm. I'm over here feeling like a kid. I'm the only one, I think, that never really, aside from you, Crystal, like, the only time I moved was when everything happened last year. I, I was an army kid. I, I moved all over the place. Um, born in Yuma, Arizona, moved to El Paso, raised there for most of my life until my dad got a, an opportunity at and New Mexico, or was that? No, it was New Mexico first. And uh, we stayed there in like this really rinky-dink town. I don't remember where it was now. Uh, Yuma, Arizona. I don't remember the town that I lived in. But- That that uh, shows how memorable it was. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it was was like super tiny town, (laughs) but beautiful house. And then we moved to Enid, Oklahoma. Mm And then we stayed there for like a few months and then headed back to El Paso. And I've been here ever since. All over the place for me. I remember you always tell me stories about Yuma and how fucking hot it gets. Oh my God. Like I I was only there for like a month uh, after I was born. So I have no recollection of that place. But my dad was on there on uh, on base. And uh, it got so hot out there. Like there's, there's wild donkeys out there. Hmm. And um, it would get so hot out there that they would have to raise a black flag on on some days, and that's basically like don't leave the house. Oh no! Because if you walk on the tarmac, your shoes are gonna are gonna melt to the floor. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Whoa! Wow! Holy shit! And those are combat boots. That oh, jeez! Yeah. No kidding! Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. I can't. 
So we um, moved out of there real quick, and then my dad left the army, or left the Marines. And yeah, we were just all over the place. But El Paso has always been my home. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah, Hawaii is always going to be my home. I don't consider myself a Floridian. I'm not Florida man. Okay. Florida, in all fairness. Yeah, especially in this time. Which yeah. I've actually I've gotten a job at a call center. Nice. And, which. Cool. Yeah, it's it's really good pay. I just got paid uh, for my first week, and it came out to like three eleven for one week. Was that wow. the interview you oh, were talking about when we had the other podcast? Yeah. Nice, cool. Yeah. Nice. So I, I landed it, and um, <laughs> it's been it's been really great. There's a lot of it's a very lovable community in that in the work environment, but the the people we call, oh my god, <laughs> you East Coast people <laughs> are so mean. There's the oh. worst people mm. ever. <laughs> <laughs> some can be some very well most they, they, yeah i make. i've found no, that out too yeah i make no <laughs> sales on the east coast of. i apologize <laughs> <laughs> you're one of the good ones mike you're one of the yeah good you're ones. one of the good ones but i make yes. no sales on the east coast as soon as i make it to to west coast i, I i'm pretty good but jesus uh, it's it's honestly getting to the point where it's funny how mean these people are like i i there was one call it was so funny i it was just we don't hear the ringing it's just silence on the line until they pick up oh god that's silence silence no. silence oh, fuck no. off silence silence <laughs> oh no <laughs> i'm lucky enough that i haven't gotten any creeps yet but yeah uh, oh, there, knock on wood people. yeah no kidding mm-hmm. good god yeah mm-hmm. Listen, just to everybody listening in be nice to call send to call people like telemarketers yeah. be nice to them they don't want to call you we really don't want to call you but it's our job so we have to <laughs> i love how you're like we really don't want to call you people yeah. <laughs> like, trust me i'd love the phone just sit there <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and it's so it's so weird because like People will get mad at us, and they'll say like, "Oh, you need to get a real job or something like that." They'll they'll say like, "Uh, uh, uh so, so I, I was like, t- he was like, I- I'm so tired of you guys calling, blah 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 blah," and I'm like, "I'm very sorry, sir. I I, I don't mean to cause you any any stress." He's like, "Well, it doesn't seem like it because you're calling me," and I'm like, "I don't want to call you. I don't want to talk to you right now, but I can't hang up until you tell me." don't call me again <laughs> but he like some of these people don't get it like they, they don't they don't say it outright i i need you people to say for like verbatim don't call me again or anything to that effect otherwise i can't put you on the dnc <laughs> that's a good that's a good tip actually for everybody yeah. who's listening yeah there you yeah, go if you don't want us to call you say i don't want you guys to call me anymore don't complain that you guys call me so much because that's not going to solve anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, except for the days you come home and you're really frustrated. I love the fact that you're working at a place like this because sometimes the things you tell me are hilarious. They are. Oh my <laughs> God. I had one call. See, pr- the, the, the program that I use, it, 
it's like all blank. There's no information. As soon as somebody picks up, all their information shows up. So I need to be real quick in, in reading their name, saying, hi, may I speak to Carrie? And um, I have to read it really quickly. And I swear to God, it must have been an angry ex or something, or it was actually their name. Uh. But this woman got angry at me for saying it. I'm like, hello, may I speak to Gay, gay, gay Lord? Oh, no. Oh, no. And she's like, do you mean Gay Lord? Why would you? <laughs> she just got hung. I like, got so upset and hung up on me. Oh, no. And I just like called my supervisor and I just pointed to the name and he just started laughing. And everybody around me started laughing. <laughs> I mean, th those, are the, those are the good times where it's that like. That was a name. Gaylord. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm so happy that my parents did not name me Gaylord. Yes. <laughs> because then I would probably have a problem with that. Yes. That name confuses me so much because we have storage <laughs> we have storage boxes at work that are called Gaylord boxes. I'm like, why are they called that? What's the point? I don't know. <laughs> what? Dude's name was Gaylord. He invented it. I guess. <laughs> sure. I'm really lucky uh, because I work at a home goods and literally all I do is just process the items we get. I just take them out of the box and I'm um, just shove them out onto the floor. You know, I don't really commute with the customers all that much. Yeah, and my and my job, um, I a get to work from home. So I've been, I've been working for the past, uh, how many months now? Have we been in quarantine? Four or five? Like five? I, I honestly lost track. This year but... hasn't happened. Large April. Yeah, April, this this year this year July. is just a commercial. <laughs> um, but any, but anyway, for for my job, um, I don't have to uh, talk to customers, at least not over the phone. And if if so, not often. My my job is that I'm communicating with um, with other banks through like our special uh special communication but that's but that's all um that's all like on the internet i don't know i don't have to i don't have to be on the phone for like eight plus hours a day which is one of the things i like about my job lucky what's the company that you work for um i work for bank of new york mellon with it's one of one of the largest banks in the world now nice very nice mm -hmm. so jacob how's your week been <laughs> it's been um a little rocky because um i kind of binged on the criterion um blu-ray um 50 off sale at barnes and noble and i bought a shit ton of um <laughs> titles only discovered that some of them were faulty like some of them started skipping uh -oh. bit. and so i oh man i returned i returned them yeah, I've returned them. You know, I've, I've, there were some though that were that seemed to play just fine. So I'm holding on to them. But there are some movies that I've um returned. Uh, apparently, Mike suggests it might be something with the Blu-ray player. Um, I'm thinking about buying another one just to see if you know if if you know that's really is the case. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm really I've been kind of anxious lately because it takes so friggin' long for the return to come back to the accounts. You it's could, like, you could get an Xbox One X because that plays 4K and Blu-ray. Okay. Nice I didn't actually know that. 
Yeah. Well, actually, if I if I actually do get it, do they play them on Nintendo Switch? Nope. No, no. Do they have Blu-ray players? No. It's, no. It's all on. Why the hell don't they? Say? No, you want to hear something stupid? Trust me, you want to hear something stupid. I'm a PlayStation person for life. You know what does not play 4K Blu-rays? A PlayStation uh-huh. Pro. It's uh-huh. the stupidest thing ever. It's a Sony product. Okay, I put Brock, in a 4K you know. one, and I was like, "Why is this not working?" Chill. Good so anyway, um, just, that's the thing. Um, I, I am anxious because sometimes I feel like um the feel your pain, bro. Uh, sometimes oh, it feels like funny. the money's not gonna go back on my card, even though they said they would. Because uh, it's been a few days, um, been three hmm. days, and like the the money hasn't gone. And I'm I'm worried that somehow it's not gonna end up on back on the account. So, you know, it's just one of those things. I it's my brain has this thing where it just has to come up with the worst possible scenario when things look a little iffy or something when it's not going. Oh yeah. I hear you buddy. Trust me. (laughs) I hear you. Yeah. Me too. That's what this podcast is for. Exactly. Exactly. Check, check tomorrow, check in your, you know, check your, your accounts tomorrow and stuff because it might go through because it's just been a weekend. So maybe it just didn't go through yet. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. And, uh, okay, who hasn't answered the question about how your week has been? Josh? It has been a long week. It just... <laughs> okay, it's... It's three Oh, boy. It, it's a lot of this. Oh, boy. It's, it's, like, three or fourfold. Uh, firstly, I have to get used to... No other way of saying this. I'm getting used to being the housewife. Yes. While she goes to make the bacon, but it's partly just trying to get the. It's been a bad mental health week, just in emotionally getting motivation to do stuff. And I I let those thoughts creep in sometimes, like, oh my God, I need to do something. And I, I worry about the money that I'm dwindling down. When we first started doing the podcast and I had run in, I had gotten a lot of unemployment at that time before my mm-hmm. employer basically tried to force me to go back. And uh, I said, well, the city hasn't lifted the lockdown order at that point. So they said, okay, so you're not returning to work, right? Oh. And it was basically forcing my hand like, all right, I have to say yes. And they had to formally fire me or take it as I quit rather than them firing me. So at that point I had like $3,000 in my account. So I was coasting along just fine. And today I'm at just under $30. Oh man. But that was all the way back in uh, April. So it's been mostly a pretty decent time. And I'm pretty happy with the fact that I was able to make $3,000 stretch that much. But um, it's probably not a lot. You guys are probably like, oh, shit. Yeah, that, yeah I go through that for, in a week. But for people barely starting their lives, like, that's a lot. That's, yeah. And, um, you know, I've been constantly worrying, like, oh, crap, how am I going to get this stuff? How am I going to pay for this and that? Which probably next month I'm going to cancel a lot of stuff, including the streaming services I was able to afford. And me and Crystal are going to go on a phone plan soon. Mm-hmm. But, um. It was that and worrying about, I was pushing myself to finish my newest video that's probably going to be out by the time this 
this episode comes up, I don't know. I think mm. I said that last time I was on a podcast. Uh, the Logan, <laughs> I'm doing a one excellent scene, and I thought, all right, the one marvelous scene did really well for me. If I can get this, maybe I can get a little bit more of an audience, and I can use that audience to go to my movie that screened yesterday. But I just, I couldn't force myself to keep going because I was, I was trying, I was kind of trudging myself into like forcing myself to edit and I just, I didn't feel it at all. My heart wasn't in it and I was just staring at a Premiere Pro timeline most of the time like, fuck, just edit, just edit. And I ended up just watching the movies instead because I wanted... <laughs> I wanted to reconnect with the X-Men movies and that was a good call on my end, but it was still like, I'm taking away a potential audience and it's frustrating, especially when you're kind of forcing yourself to do something that you know you're not completely into, but you're doing it more for, well, it could benefit me maybe on blind faith. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't want to abandon it because I really liked the video that I wrote. Kiona got to read the, the script a while ago because he is our expert in the in, in the group. Ah, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Clever. And uh, yeah, now the editing's going smooth. Like, after we finish the ep this episode, I'm probably gonna get Crystal to be my camera operator, and she's gonna help me record some stuff that I'm on camera. But just the road getting to that was very frustrating. And thirdly, it's just to be really comedic before I get to something really serious that happened. Being the housewife of the, of the couple is very frustrating because you're kind of learning how to do normal shit that you take for granted. And as Crystal has been so graciously sharing with everybody this whole week, Okay, so she started working out before she would, like when she would wake up, she would do those Chloe Ting workouts, like get a flat stomach in two weeks, kill yourself with these videos. And in <laughs> fairness, you know, Crystal's looking pretty lean. I'm getting some results. Yeah, but Good. the downside of it is her clothes stink. Yeah. So <laughs> one time she told me to do the laundry and I did it very late. And I tried to dry the clothes, and when I pulled them out of the dryer, almost everything smelled of just sweat, just the musky sweat, except for, ironically, her, work, her workout clothes. <laughs> so earlier in the week, I saw my father-in-law washing his sheets, and he poured bleach, and I realized, okay, that's it. Just get some bleach, put it in there, it'll help out with the smell. Oh. So you can see <laughs> where this is going. No! Oh, no. Put yeah. that down! No! <laughs> so I come home from a long day of work because I, I my schedule is 2.30 to 10. So I don't get out till late. And um, I get home and I see a basket of clean clothes on my bed. I'm like, Josh, thank you so much. I didn't even have to ask you to do the laundry. I love how Keona's just sitting back like, oh no, here it comes. Oh, thank you so much. And I was just so exhausted from the day. I'd been yelled at, cursed out, blah, 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 blah. And uh, he starts folding the laundry. And he's like, well, what are these weird stains on them? I'm like, 
Josh, did you put bleach in them? He's like, yeah, just to get the smell out. I'm like, Josh, bleach bleaches things. <laughs> and he just like, he stared at me blankly for like two seconds. <laughs> and then I saw the fear creep onto his face. I was so mad. I, I'm out of pants. I don't have pants now. And this was this happened in the middle of the week when I had work. So I didn't have pants to go to work. And Gosh, I didn't you look have, so ashamed. I, I, oh. yeah. <laughs> I, oh boy. I hadn't gotten my paycheck yet, so I couldn't like rush to the store and get myself pants for the next day. So uh, I had to wear this skimpy little skirt to, to, to work. That actually fit the dress code. And, Which, uh, they're very lenient on that dress yes, code. Yes, there was they, a they girl are. that went in there with fucking yoga clothes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's against the dress code, but she never got in trouble, so I don't know. If yeah, you can they're cheat very the system, lenient. do it. But Yeah, they're, they're really cool. One. So we, we had a little fight then and there. Well, quote-unquote fight. Yeah, we don't fight. We don't, we don't have yelling matches or anything like that. What we, we do, we just get really angry until we're just silent. You know some, some shit's going down with us when we're, we're, we're chattermouths. We won't shut yeah, the fuck yeah. up. We don't, we don't shut up, but when we're, sh when we're quiet and we're not talking to each, to each other and we're not even looking at each other, we're angry. Mm. <laughs> Or at least I'm angry most of the time. <laughs> she gets angry. She's got a temper, and I just get scared of her I anger. I don't yell at you, though. You don't. You don't yell, but you've got a you've got a glare that could <laughs> that could freeze states. But uh, uh, and then he he just felt so bad, and like I started feeling bad for making him and, feel and then bad. Right when I thought everything was gonna ease up, she grabbed one of her shirts, and I shit you not, if you guys can see me, she did this with the shirt. Imagine my phone is the shirt. I'm sorry for only listeners that are that are <laughs> listening to this, but she grabs the shirt and just goes. <laughs> <laughs> And she went like that, and I was just like, oh, god damn it, what the fuck happened now? And I got so, I figured I needed her to breathe, so I I went to my van outside, and I just stayed in there for... You just ran away from me. Five minutes. <laughs> and then we just started joking about it. I went out, I went out there, and yeah, we just started joking about it. Now I'm shoving it in his face every single chance I can get. Because, uh, come on, Josh, bleach. <laughs> okay, but I can also throw back at you the Ghost of Tsushima stuff. No, that yes. was just me getting carried away, okay? Uh -oh. That was just pure stupidity. <laughs> I'm sorry, just, again, I'm trying to lighten the mood before I get to the really serious thing, but... Okay, so literally, an hour before we started recording this, um, I, finished the, I finished the Tuned Up last night. You guys will hear it soon, and... I went ahead and I just, I didn't feel like editing yet. So I wanted to play some Ghost. I'm on act three right now. Okay. And um, I wanted to get on with the story. It was at that mission where you have to go back to a place and leave something. I'm going to leave it at that just in case anybody. I gotcha. I gotcha. But um, 
as you're going as you're going there, you know, I saw there were a few places I wanted to check out. And Crystal has been obsessed with doing the standoff thing. For nice. for those of you who don't know, and Ghost of Tsushima, you know, it being a samurai thing, there's a mechanic where you press up on the D-pad and Jin gets off his horse and you engage with the Mongols and, you and he says, Fight me! Yes. Yeah. Which engage me, you cowards. That that movie that that game is his voice actor is so much better in Japanese. Yes. Yes. Die. Like he, he sounds like such a puss in, in English, but in yeah, Japanese it's like, oh god, okay. I, I, yeah. I don't want to mess with him in an alley. But anyway, you hold down the triangle button and they'll be like, huh? Huh? They're like huh? fake you out. And then you have to release the button at the right point to do like a a Minafune Sanjiro kind of strike. And if you unlock some stuff, you can do it to like multiple people. I've never heard you sound so weeb. Shut up. <laughs> and you get like, you, you get extra, um, what yeah, is that, like resolve. focus or something or resolve? Yeah. 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 And it helps you live. And starting yes. in Act Three, the game gets ridiculously hard with that to the point where I wonder if it's the game, like if it, like if something's wrong because. We've done it where we release the button and nothing happens. Like, we're just that late or we're that early. I don't know. Josh, but I've never like, won no. a standoff in Act 3. I never won one. Okay, so it's not just me. <laughs> yeah, they're difficult. But Crystal was just like, oh, God. Mm, no. <laughs> I started oh, making geez. fun of him every single time so like he then, lost one. So then when I wanted to do this story thing because I was like, all right, Crystal's here for the story. I want to get to the end of this game. Let's go. And she's like, wait, I want to write it. Okay, so I hand her the controller, and she starts roaming around, and she sees a place, and she's like, I, I like want Yeah, I find this Mongol camp. and we'll read this. I was like, okay, cool. Let's knock it out. Just hand it to me. And she's like, wait, I want to do the standoff. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, and what usually happens when something like that goes down I'm so sorry, Mike and Jacob. <laughs> all right, that's all right. <laughs> so we get to this point, and usually what happens is we go to these camps, and if she doesn't win a standoff, because she's pretty good at timing stuff, if she doesn't win a I standoff... I mean, I am the squat sultan. <laughs> well, then. So Final we Fantasy VII Remake, yo. <laughs> so, we, so usually what happens is if she doesn't do it, which she... I don't think you've ever done one. Like, Wait, in the, the standoffs. I, I have. You've in done fact, one? Yeah, in fact, like, you got the story wrong. Like, I started making fun of you a lot because you weren't getting any of the standoffs. And then I'm like, let me try it. And, and then you I got do the it, very first I... one. And then from then on, you haven't been able to get a single one. Yeah, I haven't been able to get them at all. And they're difficult. And so I'm like, all right, you win. And they're hard. And this was at a particularly hard camp where unless you get a really good streak going, you will get a large portion of your health taken down because they shoot like flaming arrows at you yep. from the air, like Ew. from a cannon. So it was, so usually after she fails, she'll hand me the controller really fast and then I'll play. But not this time. <laughs> this time she failed. I was determined. And she was like, okay, okay, okay. I want to try it again. Can you reset the mission? No, I can't reset the mission because then we're going to have to start all the way where you know the camp is which was halfway across the map and i'm like uh just die just die just, just die go stealth it ghost it <laughs> ghost so, it man. but i wanted to win the standoff so she 
so she's like, I want to try it again. I'm like, all right, just die. So we had to wait until she died. And then she did it again. And I said, all right, you'll do this one more. And then I'll go ahead and take over. She's like, no, I can do this. It's like a Destiny 2 raid. You're just like, okay, everybody wipe. So she does it again. She does it again. And she fails. And then we have to wait again. And she's like, you're sure we can't start it over? No, I'm sure. I'm not about to start all the way over there. So we, so she dies, and she does it again, and dies, and does it again, and dies. There's a point, guys. I shit you not. We spent 10 minutes on this, and I just wanted to get on with the story. And she's like, oh my god, you didn't even want to go here. I'm like, I know, but this would be over so much faster if you just handed me the controller. She's like, no. So then we finally get to the very last one. And it was after the game started taking pity, where yeah, after she like, died so many times, it's like, do you want to try it again? Or do you want to try it again on easy yeah, difficulty? Yeah. <laughs> easy like, don't, lower the difficulty. You don't take pity on me! Don't fucking patronize us. <laughs> We're just trying to beat your ass. So we get we do one last one, and she starts walking. And usually when you walk up to the gate, it gives you the prompt. But mm-hmm. for some reason... It wasn't appearing. And she's like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And then they spotted her. And I guess <laughs> after a certain point, they won't let you do the standoffs. So, oh, wow. It's just like, all right, you're going to keep doing this. Just jump into it. Do it stealthy or just wipe them out. And I've, she was just like, fine I've, here. I've done, I've done camps, though, where you can actually just stealth kill a couple guys and then like go out of the gate and then just come back in and it'll show up the standoff thing will show up again the standoff prompt yeah so like you know you can stand off people stealth a few and then if you go yeah. around to a, like a segregated group you can stand off again my favorite yeah. thing that i did was i was sitting up on a hill and i was shooting arrows at them and then these guys just chased up the hill and then i just stealth killed them <laughs> and then they like <laughs> and then i like shot another their arrow and then these dudes came up the hill and they're like samurai and then i'm just like stealth killing them in the in the weeds it's nice and they're nice. like so they just got was, frustrated with me and didn't come by the next time so that was the that was today that was today that was the more trivial stuff and but I'd i'm say, feeling a lot i'd say that's that funny sense, but... that no nobody was harmed yeah. no, nothing nothing was destroyed except for the clock Josh is like, you owe me 30 minutes of game time. (laughs) It was that. That's all water under the bridge. It was funny, but then there's the other thing that's been kind of getting to me. Now it's time for depressing this month. So, oh boy. I mentioned it last time that on the 4th of August was when I got kicked out of my house. Um, Okay. So it has been over a year of being homeless technically and um you you know it's already kind of it's it's felt a little bit weird because even monetarily the big reason why the money stuff got to me so badly is because it's literally a year later and even though i was doing good earlier in the year like you know i'm back at the same position i was at last year so it's been very emotionally and 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 mentally it's just been really frustrating and upsetting that it's been a year and through ups and downs i'm back where i started and i thought that was it but then i remembered 
oh yeah, last year on the third was when, and this is where I just, you, you, you start to hear the pin drop. Last year on August 3rd was the El Paso shooting at the Walmart. Oh. Uh. Um, unclench yeah so it's been it it, when it happens in a small town like this like hey hey, you guys say like you you guys have your homes el paso is very much my home it it, of course i you hate it here sometimes especially as an el paso when you hate it here it's like the lesser of three cities it's the lesser austin it's the lesser las cruces and it's the lesser juarez but it's such well, a melting I, pot. I wouldn't say that. But. but it's such a melting pot that you just, you appreciate the culture that you're in. And you, almost everybody here knows everybody in some, in some way or another. Yeah. And when something like that happens. Community. Yeah. And, and, and when something like that happens, it, it, it messes with everybody. I still remember the day after, like hours before I got kicked out. We were driving around because I needed to do location scouting for rest stop. And we were driving around and the streets were so empty. The radio stations were sullen all over. Everybody was just racked with grief. It felt like the whole town was mourning the lives of the people that, that were lost. I remember that day just not hearing because this is this is a it's a small town, but it's big enough to, like, be a little overpopulated. Yeah. And you're constantly hearing cars. Mm-hmm. Constantly. And that was, like, the first day in a long time where I had, where I walked outside and I could not hear anything. It was deafening, just the silence, like, oh, my God. And... I'll be honest, we we had like a little thing here in town where, you know, because of social distancing, everybody was invited to go to the site and like drive by vigils, you know? Mm -hmm. I didn't go, but I, you know, I paid respect in my own way. And I'll be honest, it would have been fine like that. But yesterday I was talking with a friend and it was right when I was putting the finishing touches on the tuned up. And it just kind of sent me over the edge emotionally. They, my friend sent me a trailer. She was like, hey, did you hear about this film about the about the Walmart shooting? And I instantly started dreading it because I had a feeling I knew who did it. And I saw it and I was right. So rewind time. Last year when I was working at a movie theater... There was this guy that came in. Apparently, he's a regular there at the at this particular cinema named Charlie Min. And this guy, he is known for... He, he's a documentary filmmaker. He's done films on all sorts of topics from the Florida nightclub shooting like a few... Like, uh, like a long time ago yeah, to... I, uh, I think he did The Crying Women in uh, on the Rio Grande or whatever. I don't remember what it's called. And uh, there, there was a shooting that happened at a bowling alley in Las Cruces, like so many years ago. He did a com- he did a documentary on that. And last year, he was releasing a movie called Who Shot Colasio, which was about the in person assassination of I think a Mexican politician. Yeah. 
and I remember being shook when we were in theaters, we were watching Hereditary. They showed that trailer and point blank, it was just the assassination right then and there. Yeah, they showed it. And then they paused it and they're like, wait, hold on. Who's that guy? And then they started looking through, through it and then it was just, that was the trailer. So he was selling his other documentaries. And when I was working there, you know, me trying to be a filmmaker, I was like, oh, hey, there's a guy. Maybe I can do his trailers for some money, you know? So I told him, all right, here's what I'm about and all that. And he gave me his information. I thought, okay, cool. But then I started to talk with my coworkers there and I instantly got a bad vibe just hearing about them. You know, when you're working at a theater, you can kind of be disillusioned by everybody. Just like, yeah, fuck them. They're all, you know, just babies throwing popcorn on the floor just you know you kind of start to feel like ah screw them just I don't bother with them they all suck but there was something about how this guy was really getting under their skin so then the shooting happens and days after the shooting I went to work and you know my co-workers felt it immediately and one of them told me the thing that really really pisses me off is I get a feeling that Min, that Charlie Min guy is going to do a movie on the shooting and it pisses me the fuck off that he'll probably do that. Like if that trailer was anything to go by on the Who Shot Colossia, just showing a, an assassination right then and there, it makes you wonder how is he going to handle such a horrific event? And cut to yesterday, I got to see the result. And that was, on a film standpoint, it was the worst trailer I think I've ever seen in my life. Because it wasn't a trailer. It was a fucking highlight reel. It was a highlight reel of a heinous act. It was, no joke, 90% of the situation that was happening that was cut together from footage from Facebook that people were posting at that time and footage from Twitter that people were posting that were still in the Walmart. And one part really started getting me really angry. I started to feel my face go red, which was, it cuts to inside in, you know how in Walmarts there's like a McDonald's in there yeah, typically? Yeah, yeah in the, by the entrance typically. Yeah, it's inside the important. McDonald's and somebody's underneath and you hear and it cuts yeah. from that. That was already sending me. It cuts from that to in the aisles, first person, you know, just vertical like that. A guy is running down the aisles trying to get away from the shooter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, the part that really, really pissed me off was, I mean, it was blurred. I mean, at least that. But he showed a clip that I had seen when it happened that wasn't blurred. I, I knew what was behind the blur. It, it was just people, it, after the after the shooter had left the Walmart, people were walking around just completely dazed and confused, panicking, and some guy's brains splattered all over the floor. Oh. And, you know, when you see that stuff, and you see something like that, like the trailer warns you, all right, this is very graphic, but you, you, I think back to stuff like, you know, a, a Bowling for Columbine or stuff like that, where even though they're documentaries, 
and they're about something very serious. At least Bowling for Columbine's trailer, I'm assuming, wasn't 90% the security footage at Columbine and then maybe 10% of like an NRA meeting or something. Yeah. Right. So on a film level, that trailer pissed me the fuck off. As an Opasoan, I felt fucking enraged because I posted this long thread on Twitter just ranting about it. And at the very end of it, I said, a good documentary shows its subjects as people. A bad documentary treats its subjects like props. And that trailer treated the shooting as a prop. And I thought, you know what? On some level, maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. I haven't seen his other movies. But then I found an interview that he did with uh, KVIA in El Paso, ABC7. And apparently he had a focus, he had a focus to group screening. And some people were invited from El Paso. And this is what it says. Please understand how much this pisses me off too, Crystal. Men didn't, didn't hold back, leaving many of the extremely graphic scenes from the shooting raw and not blurred in his film. Are you... Quote, what has more impact, telling you 25 people got shot or showing you 25 people got shot? I think it's so much more important to see exactly what's going on. I mean, I, I just, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little choked up. I, I just feel for the families because one thing that really pisses me off is that A, He's releasing the trailer a year from when it happened. A little over a year. A little over a year. Mm. I haven't even gotten to the kicker of it. Were you going to mention like the... I'm going to mention that right now. Okay. A a little over a year from when it happened. So that means that he's been working on it since it happened. Mm. As soon as it happened, his first thought, let me jump on that. Not hold on, let me mourn with my community. Secondly, he's actually going to premiere it at the theater that Josh used to work at, which is, for El Pasoans, it's the Bassett Theater, which is literally a hop, skip, and a jump away from from the Walmart. It is two minutes, maybe less, driving distance from the Walmart to the movie theater. Right down the street. And he's going to premiere it there. So that means that all the families who live around the Walmart, whose families, whose family members died in that Walmart, are going to, you know, one day go to the theater and just, you know, want to get some happiness in their life. You know, just have a time with their family. And they're going to see that on the, on the walls, on a big poster about their loved one's death. And... It would be one thing if I could expect this guy to at least treat it with respect from the trailer. I shared the trailer in the group chat. I don't know if you guys saw it. Did any of you happen to check it out? I I sent it to Kiona also. I I haven't seen it yet. I have not seen it yet, no. I haven't even heard of this, and I have no interest in seeing that. Do yourself a favor. Don't watch it. But I also urge you, please share this also, because Charlie Min is a disgusting disgusting person i think just even doing this and it would be one thing again just doing this if he's at least not a bad person 
But after all this came out, I was actually catching up with some old theater workers. And I sent them the trailer. I'm like, did you see this shit? And they were like, yes, I fucking hate it. That's how I found out that it was premiering at Premier Cinemas at Bassett Place. And apparently Charlie Min is also a piece of shit in the theater. Like, you know, he sells his movies like in the lobby while people are walking in. So while you have a family going to see, you know, Toy Story 4, you have him trying to sell his documentaries like, oh, hey, you want to see this documentary about uh, this uh, Mexican politician getting killed? And if you show into show up at the theater early enough, you'll see a fucking tra- you'll see that trailer right there on the big screen before the actual trailers for big for studio movies. So there's that, and apparently he's also yelled at former coworkers of mine for not hanging up posters in the fucking theater. And on top of that, I found out from some people in town that like, yeah, you know what? He doesn't even. He's apparently used the talent here in town from like filmmakers here in town just to help him out. And he treats them like shit. He doesn't, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He does the bare basics, comprises most of his movies off of found footage, like stock footage, maybe a couple talking heads, and that's it. He does the bare minimum, and he calls it a style. Kiona, you saw the trailer, and that trailer looked terrible. Even with the stuff that he shows that you know he shot by himself, yeah. it looks like a high schooler's like yeah. audio video project. There's no production value. Um, now, look, I, I don't know the guy. I don't know his work. I, I, you know, I lived in Hawaii when the when the shooting happened, so there there's some distance between you know what what I saw of it and what how the community felt, but. I would say that he's he sounds like a sensationalist filmmaker to me and he's just going for shock value and he's just going for like easy money, you know? It's like, not even that he's... I mean, the fact well, that he's he, going at the shock value isn't really the worst thing about it. It's a shock value based on real tragedies so soon afterwards, you know? I'm not even... Yeah. If he was going after just wanting to provoke people, that's one thing, but, you know, yeah. so soon after this, Jesus. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. And, yeah. It's, it's like I, he has no respect for human life at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, uh, well, that's what I mean. That's that's what I mean when I say that. Anyway, Crystal, go ahead. Infants were killed in that. I I believe a woman like actually shielded her baby from the shots and fell on it. I think it died because of because she fell on her baby and. She, the, this movie you mentioned, he must have been working on it from ever since from, it happened. From when it happened, and, at least maybe months. And I still, I still gave it the benefit of the doubt. You know, editing a film takes a long time. You know, for a rest stop, it took me and my cinematographer about three months to edit a 36 minute short. So I figured, you know what, maybe the editing did take a while. So it, and for documentaries, I assume it's nothing but editing too. Oh yeah. A documentary is where an editor kind of lives and breathes. They're almost a co-director in that sense. So you know what? Maybe that's the bulk of it. But then again, this is partly why it just took so long yesterday, guys. But 
I just wanted to see just out of curiosity, like, all right, how far does this go? And I saw an interview all the way back in March where he was talking about the film. And I guess he was going to release the movie a lot earlier too. But then COVID happened. So I feel no shame in saying this. Charlie Man is a fucking piece of shit. And he took this tragedy and turned it into something purely of shock value just because he saw dollar signs in it. And I implore anybody listening to this, if you're in El Paso, don't fucking watch it. Don't don't don't. watch it. Don't give him the time of day. If anything's playing in theaters, go watch that. Go watch Unhinged. Okay, you know what? It's Russell Crowe in a truck, but you know what? That's, That's all you need, really. Okay, it's Javert in a truck. Don't watch this piece of shit. Don't give him satisfaction. If you see his stuff in the, if you see him in the theater, call him out on it. Say, how dare you come into our town? Because I hear he's, from, from what he told me, he was from New York and he came to El Paso and he fell in love with the people here. If you really love the people here, you wouldn't, wouldn't do, do this. Like no. You do a film where you talk about the beauty of the town and you exemplify how the serenity of this of this town just the, was the, broken. That and then just how everyone came together. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Like, we bleed. El Paso as a city bled that day. Yeah. And you come into, you, you, you decide to take this, this tragedy, this fucking event, and you turn it into, oh, you know what? I made a killing off of that one documentary I did a few years ago. Let me fucking do it again here. People are going to eat it up because, you know what? It's El Paso. And I looked into his IMDb. Most of his movies have a shit rating. He's only got one film sort of like on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a low fucking score, both audience and commercial or like critical. And in town, the only audience he gets is schools that he goes to. And he talks to the people and they screen his documentaries and they have the kids watch it, you know, for like a class project. And he places his reasoning. And people here fucking hate those movies. They suck shit according to a few people. My producer on Rest Stop told me about that he was making a movie on it. That's how I found out about this originally before the trailer. And he said, I can't fucking believe that he's doing this. I said, how do you know him? He said, he came to my class one time and he showed one of his movies and it sucked shit. Charlie Min, fuck you forever for doing this disservice to our town. And I hope to God, this is the last film you ever do. I hope you don't make any money off of this at all. And I hope to God, if there is somewhat of a conscience inside you, although judging by that interview blurb that I said, that I quoted you on were, what has more impact, telling you 25 people got shot or showing you 25 people got shot? If there's some conscience in you, you would take the money that you get from this movie, what little you do get, what little I hope you do get, and donate it to the families in town. You yeah. donate it to the people that lost their lives in that horrible act that you decided to exploit for your own gain. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. I'm done. That, that, that was...
All I need is talk. I'm I'm shaking right now. Holy fuck. That's good, yeah. man. It's good to get it out, man. Hey, you guys. I I hope I wasn't. I I hope I didn't come across as callous no. there with what oh, I said. No. You know. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's just he had to. He had to, you know, premiere the, the trailer right after the one-year anniversary. I think it was, like, the day after. It must have been, like, the day or, the, or like, two days it after. It was a few days after. And... and right when the wound had, you know, it, it heals after a year and then it opens up again. Yeah. On the anniversary of it. Yeah, yeah. And then he's got to pour salt in it. And, and then you look at the trailer. Yeah. And when you look at the trailer and you go to the comments, there are people in the comments that get flashbacks to that day. People talking about when, as soon as, like, act, the active shooter message came up in El Paso's yeah, phone. Yeah, that, 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 that was one thing that was crazy about it. People you, you, talking you get, about We get Amber alerts all the time. Yeah. So our phone yeah. starts buzzing and we pull it up. And normally we're like, okay, Amber Alert, blah, 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 car, scene, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then we see active shooter in progress, uh, Walmart area. And, and then, you and know. it's just terrifying. That comes up and there are people in the comments talking about how when that came up, I remember immediately panic calling everybody that I knew. I remember talking to everybody, making sure everybody's okay. There are people in the comments yes. talking about I was in prison around that point and I was freaking the fuck out. I was in California and I see on the news that El Paso's on the news like that and I start freaking the fuck out. I, there was one person in there that talked about how they had a son that worked at that Walmart and by some miracle they didn't end up going into work that day. And they think if, I had if they had gone into work that one day, they could have been gone. You have this shitty trailer that relives the entire event as it happened in those horrifying minutes that the act was happening and the paranoia that ensued for the rest of the day. And you have people in the comments that are having flashbacks. And there are some people that are like, well, just give the documentary a chance. You know, maybe he, it's, this isn't just it. I remember, like, I said that Josh worked at, at like, really close by at that, at that theater. And in the moment, there was like a whole mass hysteria. Everybody was freaking out. People were saying, "Oh, there's shots going off in the Wal in, in the Walmart." And then people were saying, "Oh, there's an active shooter at the Silo Vista Mall, which is right next door." People are saying, "Like, oh, there's shots going off at Bassett." And then I hear that I freaked the fuck out. I thought that Josh had gone into work that day. I called him up. He hadn't, luckily. But. Again, nothing happened at the Bassett, but just people, you could hear the shots from the Walmart. That's how close it was. So people were freaking out at Bassett, saying that uh, that the, the shooter was there. And just panicked, calling every single person in my family, every single person that I knew, all of my friends. And not only that, but I was in I was in a leadership position in my, in my marching band. And our director had texted us, text everybody, call everybody, make sure that everybody in your section is okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a leader, I had to text up all of my friends, every person in the clarinet section saying, hey, are you okay? Are you safe? Are you, is, 
your family safe? Are you guys doing okay? And like waiting just to hear from them and not getting texts back and just panicking, worrying for them like, oh no, what if my friend is dead? And actually one of the victims was in, the, in a marching band here in, in El Paso. He, I don't remember his name, but he went to Horizon High, which is a, a school here and he was a uh, drumline. And uh, just thinking about, like, what if that was one of ours? I mean, he, he was young, like, I think he was a sophomore. And just thinking, like, what if that was somebody that I cared, like, that I cared deeply about? And then this guy just, ha just has to open up the wound, pour salt in it. It, it was horrifying that day. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. No, you're good. No. That's what this podcast was for. Exactly. I'm I'm so sorry, Brock. You just kind of feel like, oh, shit, this all good. No, no, dude. dude I, will, I will tell you all personally, and we'll, we'll get into whatever we want to, but I am a person that consistently does not follow my own advice about how you do not let shit hang because it will eat you alive. And I'm a person that spends a lot of time alone, not because I hate people. Well, I do hate people, but um, <laughs> so I, I, Honestly. I, have, guys, I, I have a lot of friends. Exactly. I love all you guys. I have a lot of friends that are introverts and we all, you know how they say, not to be offensive, they say how women's periods sync up. It literally is pretty much the, we've had enough time away. Our social like alarm bell goes off. We need to see people. So I have these moments where I don't talk with people. I don't call people. I know I have multiple friends that would pick up at 3 a.m. in the morning if something was wrong, but I don't talk about it. And then after a while, a time bomb goes off and I'm in the worst mood I've ever been in my life because I don't let shit get out. So trust me, if it needs to get out, that's the point of why we're doing this. You're mm -hmm. all good. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting something like that, but it's like, it's, you, you got to talk about it, man. You got to talk about it. There is absolutely nothing to be sorry about. Do not worry about it. Thanks. No Thank problem. You. You're, you're, you're absolutely very welcome. Do, do not worry about it. That I'm, I'm fortunate enough to live in a smaller town. I won't say that stuff does not happen, but I've been fortunate to not have something like that happen. I cannot imagine yeah. something like that. I mean, like, let's say. What's sad is I, I remember that happening, but, you know, all these mass shootings, they happen so frequently. And that was uh, Go ahead. Okay. They happen so frequently that it just kind of, um, I just didn't put much thought into it after it happened, you know, it just, and then this happens and then this fucker decides to release this trailer and yeah, you know, that, and now I just, and hearing from you guys and how, you know, how that affected you you know that just gives it a whole new meaning the shooting yeah. i mean I, I remember when the when the parkland shooting happened and that really shook me because you know like it was a school and yeah but it didn't shake me so much where i felt like immense empathy for them like i i felt for them but i didn't feel like i would cry because of it and then, like, other shootings happened, and they were around the country, and I just felt like, oh, no, another one, another one. And then I get that notification, and my dad's in the living room. He's like, holy shit, Crystal, get in here. There's a shooting happening at the Walmart. Yeah. And seeing it on the news, and 
you you don't realize how terrifying it is until it happens close to you. Yeah. So close to you. Yeah. And then the craziest thing that day, the craziest thing was literally 13 hours later, the Dayton, Ohio shooting happened. Hmm. Not even 24 hours later. I mean, I'm, I'm still like, I'm still shaking. Everybody's, everybody in the city's mourning. We have no idea what to do. And then we see in the news, another one. I, I felt so angry. Like how, why, why is this, why is it normal? It's just, it's, it's all coming back right now just because, you know, the one year anniversary and now this fucking asshole. Oh, good. Let it but, I know nothing except from what you guys have just said about him, and he's a low-life piece of shit from what I'm understanding. Yeah. He's a, yeah. He's oh. a fucking came to our city. And I hated that every news outlet was plastering his face everywhere. Mm, yeah. I didn't want to see him. I didn't want to know his name. Yeah. You're talking about the shooter. Yeah, I'm talking about the fucking piece of shit who did it. Yeah. I'm not going to say his name. Oh. Okay. But anyway, yeah, we, we, we've ranted. We've gotten it all out. It, okay. It's something that is going to stick with us for the rest of our lives. And I pray and I hope to God you, you guys never have to experience something, any anything similar. I and it's and it's not even and it's gotten to not to tangent off. We have I can't remember what the application is called. I've been out of high school for ten years now, but there's some kind of like message boarding app for the students inside of our high school back. It's not far from here, but like there was a joke bomb threat sent off at our high school. Oh, I've got oh I got fam, I got I got family that attends it, and it was just because some kid got made fun of one day. He's just like. I'm going to teach you all. I'm going to put the fear of God in you pretty much. I'm going to say there's a bomb threat. And then the kid just thought it was the funniest thing. And then other people were like, yeah, you're hilarious. I'm like, don't encourage stuff like this. What? Fucking terrible. No one ever should have any thought of mass harm be good for A, to do in life, capitalize, like you said, with this movie. None of this is okay under any stretch of circumstances. It should never be a thought that enters your head ever under any set of circumstances. It's- I can't, I'm a person that could barely harm fish when I'm fishing. I'm trying to think what enters a person's head to A, commit or capitalize on something like that. It, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I will say just to bring things back a little more positively. And after everything, after that big purge, excuse me if this might sound... Um, uh, uh, self-masturbatory for my ego, but um, like I said yesterday, I had a I had my short rest stop premiere, and that's that was like the one thing. It was like a contrasting high and low, just the low of being reminded of everything and the culmination of everything, but then the high of 
knowing that people actually did get to watch it finally, although temporarily for a limited time. And I'm going to say, Michael, he reviewed my movie. Awesome. And I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you right now, Michael, that that review was probably one of the sweetest things I've ever read. I, awesome. I never, I never thought I would ever be compared to Nicholas Winding Refn or Ryan Johnson. So that wow. was just that 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 was just like oh. the highlight awesome. of my yeah. of my year. I haven't read it, but wow, I'm 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 at a loss for words, honestly. Like for for those who don't know. Um, I, I I have a tendency to give a lot of high high praise <laughs> to films, but I promise I promise that I'm always honest about my opinion. And <laughs> and, yeah. a, and after and after hearing your um, hearing your rant today about the shooting in El Paso, I it it just kind of it just kind of reaffirms my my opinion of of the film. And again, just to say it in person, um, I'm just incredibly proud of of what you created. And I just wish you all the success in the world. Yeah, I, I tell you, following everything that happened from that point on, I remember when we were shooting it, we all kind of felt this. I felt it for a while that I didn't even want to continue working on the film because it felt like, such a serious thing happened. And how can I even worry about doing a Stephen King movie? I should be doing something for the community, but it, it was almost like it was an affirmation of, we can't let that tragedy define the town. It needs to be what I always knew it was, which is a high, a, a, a melting pot of culture, which includes different arts. There's people around town that did murals of murals you know El Paso are, strong there were people that murals are a huge thing in this town that that's everywhere that's sold El Paso strong shirts with the El Paso star on them and they donated all their proceeds to the to to the uh, to, to the family members and I just thought it may not be much but being able to at least create and show that there's people here that are more than just the quote-unquote uh, 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 vermin or whatever that the that the shooter listed in their manifesto showing that these are people that have dreams and everything and they're able to rise above the hate that they tried to instill the fear in on that day being able to show this town is more than just the shooting it's people that create it was a driving force throughout the rest of the film and especially that month. I mean, Mexican culture is very, very much based on family. Oh, yeah. Family is sacred mm -hmm. in, in Mexican culture mm -hmm. and it really shows through in this town. Well, I, I think you guys are lucky in, in that regard because El Paso, it was, it's a pretty well-known city beyond the shooting like it was like it's not like people suddenly knew what el paso was after that shooting happened right so it's like it's like i think people do know that more like i think it has more of a definition beyond that already yeah it's not like it's not like like people didn't know um hadn't heard of 
Aurora, Colorado, or Newtown, Connecticut, or anything before the tragedy that happened to there. Like you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like this. It's not as if people are already knowing what El Paso is. You know? The home of Chicos Tacos. The home of Chicos Tacos, and it, it it also just hit because I remember just feeling like, oh shit, we're on the news, and yeah, the that, last time. Go ahead. It just felt so weird, like. It felt like a million eyes were on us. Just yeah, and, and you could actually feel like the world staring at you. And it always felt surreal because I, I guess it comes from being a film or wanting to be a filmmaker that like you kind of hope that if the towns if the town you're a part of is ever mentioned, it's because of a good thing, or maybe on an egotist like on a somewhat selfish level like. Maybe it's a maybe they'll be a, it'll be mentioned because of me. Like imagine if Kiona, your your town was mentioned on like CNN, like oh man, uh, Native Islander uh, Kiona Tang launches the best podcast in the world or something like that. Nice, damn straight. Oh yeah. So it'd be like you know the last few times I remember it being really mainstream aside from Breaking Bad, where they yeah. kind of. You, you, I, I excuse Breaking that, Bad, though. No, because that, that's one, like, negative side to how media, you know, shows off El Paso. I know El Paso because of Eddie Guerrero, and therefore I loved El Paso because <laughs> I barely knew it. Eddie Guerrero, but, man. Yeah. Frog splash. That's the, that's the good stuff. But then you, oh, have, yeah. these, you have these shows depicting El Paso like a crime-riddled town uh, on the same level <laughs> Walking as Walking in with a big iron on his <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we have things like Marty Robbins just like gushing over the town. He you, loves the place. You got Jaime Reyes, my boy. I can never gush about Blue Beetle enough. And but then you, you see all these shows saying like, oh, the cartel's like in El Paso. Like, no. El Paso is one of the safest cities in the world. I think the only I one. I mean, in the country. I think the only film that ever really got me like upset about that, and this is probably gonna be a really weird thing because I, by all intents and purposes, I do like the film. I love it and I respect the filmmaker immensely. But Sicario is a hard watch, just because they treat like kind of going to El Paso and then going to Juarez right next door like. Like, like, just like you're diving into the seventh level of hell. Well, Breaking Bad treated like that too, because like I remember, I don't know, Hank was like, "Oh, we're gonna be heading over to El Paso," and everybody's like, "Yee!" Like the in fairness though, that's how they treated it in uh, Albuquerque in that show. And then uh, when he gets there, like the guys are pretty much like, Dude. "Albuquerque's worse than El Paso." Like, ha th there's a. Uh... You guys heard of this blue meth that's dealing around in the streets there? We, we literally pretty have, nuts. Uh, I think the colonel's involved. <laughs> we literally have a, a like a, um, a radio show where one of like the little skits that they do is Florida or Albuquerque man. <laughs> yeah. They're on the same level. Albuquerque and Florida. Like there's crazy people in them. There's a lot of crime that goes on in Albuquerque and you don't hear that in El Paso. Did, did I tell you guys that I saw a snake in my front yard? this week what? Uh, what no yeah like i was taking my dog for a walk and she literally bumped into the snake and the snake just like bounced right out of there <laughs> bounced into like dog? the firms or something yeah i have a dog 
I had a um, cone outside. Well, that's like in Florida. I always that's hear they have the snakes and all the random stuff because the celebrities yeah. that buy all this crap just uh -huh. like I don't want it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what dog do you have? Do you know what dog do you have? What kind? Carol Bass. Uh, oh, she's a she's a Labrador pit bull. Oh, nice. cute. Oh, nice. awesome. Yeah. Um, but it was just it was like a uh, I don't know what it's called. It's called apparently like one of the one of the names for the snake is like a racer or something. So it's like. It, it literally raced out of there, wow. and uh, and apparently it's harmless. It's harmless towards humans. So, Josh, uh, I want to say um, you brought up um, bowling oh, for he, Columbine. Um, he, he he took a second to go let our dog in. Okay. Cool. Oh, Mike, did you did you see Josh's uh, cameo in the movie? Yeah, it was it was in the uh, in the <laughs> so bar in the bar. <laughs> Didn't he play the waiter? Yes. Yep. Did you stub your toe? I didn't stub great. my toe. I left and I sat on my knees like this for too long. Oh, he so did. I started walking around like Simon Belmont in Castlevania. <laughs> right, um, Josh, I want to say. Um, Go ahead, Jake. Jo Josh, I, I want to say uh, you brought up Bowling for Columbine. I just want to say that um, um, that movie has gotten some flack recently too um, from left wingers actually because Michael Moore. I don't think he even once mentioned that the Columbine shooters were white supremacists. I think he kind of treated like it as like a mystery of why they did it. Like he, I think he implies that they were bullied or something, which just isn't true. Actually, that's that's a common misconception. Yeah, so, it reminds yeah. me a lot of like a, a lot of people outside of El Paso. Uh, I'm going to mention that like they were saying, oh, the you know the guy who who did it. He's you know he's got some mental health issues, he's an incel, you know, all this stuff, like, poor guy, we should have helped him, he had a mental yeah. health problems, and, you know, his family didn't help him, I'm, and e everybody in El Paso was like, fuck him, who yeah, cares? I, mm -hmm. who it's cares? true, I think, for some of these cases, but not, not this case, because I just looked it up more on Wikipedia while you guys, and apparently, like, it does um, have a lot of anti-immigrant stuff, like, he was, he was, yeah. um, he was um he believed in shit like white genocide and all that. Oh, oh. Yeah. It always feels haunting. Like it always feels like really shitty to like like for, for these people to release a manifesto. It's like they a manifesto like even the idea of doing something like that like implies they think, oh, I'm gonna be remembered. And usually when you read their manifesto, it comes across like the ravings of I'm going to say it just to embarrass the shit out of anybody that thinks of it. You know, the manifestos are the ravings of edgy people who think, all right, if I just, if I just do this, maybe I'll be famous, you know, I'll be remembered. And finally people will notice me. And you read their workings. And for the most part, these people are fucking stupid. They're losers. And I, I always feel for the people that are mentioned in the manifesto because yeah, it like, creates this lingering feeling of like, did I do something to encourage him in any way? Do, could I have done something? Like, yeah, yeah, like, could I have done something differently? Like, like, uh, like the Fisher King. I was watching the Fisher King with Robin Williams because I'm doing a video on that later on next month. I want to release it before his his new document. The, the documentary. New documentary. Yeah, yeah, I cannot wait. So by the way. I, yeah, by the way, we're we're tackling that for the streaming wars. I forgot. Yes. Hell yeah. We're yes. tackling that. But uh yes. you know, in the Fisher King, there you know, early on, uh this main character played by Jeff Bridges, you know, he's this uh 
Joe Rogan, Howard Stern kind of guy that's just like very abrasive. He's a piece of shit. And he tells this one guy who's kind of a nut job, like, hey, you know what? Look out for yourself. He says like, oh, I'm happy because I met this girl. She's wonderful. And then he like completely shoots him down saying like, oh, they're a different breed. You don't like meddle with them. They don't care about you. It's us or them. Yeah, it's us or them. And he kills the the lady in in Terry Gilliam style, mind you. So it's very creepy. But oddly enough, it flashed me back to um you guys remember it feels bad that I can just name these off like and you guys will probably know, but do you guys remember the New Zealand shooting that happened in Christchurch? Yeah, the mosque, yeah. And the guy in the manifesto he wrote down subscribe to PewDiePie because yeah, at that time PewDiePie was doing a whole thing where he was, uh, you know, jokingly the paying against... the people to hold up the sign thing. Was yeah. that what yeah. it was? Yeah. Everybody was like, like putting subscribe to PewDiePie everywhere. Because uh, yeah. at the time he was uh, kind of jokingly doing a thing against a popular Indian uh, YouTube channel called T-Series, which I guess yeah. was funded by the government or whatever. I don't know, but you know, that started to rise as like the highest growing channel. So PewDiePie's like, hey, let's make it into a thing. Let's be fun. And then, you know, that thing happens and it led to the point where PewDiePie decided, I'm going to, you know, please stop say, I'm going to stop saying subscribe to PewDiePie. The meme stops here. This is where lives are actually getting killed or are being lost because of me, because of my words. And it in reality, he, 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 there's nothing he could have done to stop that guy. There's nothing he could have changed. But it, it's still like he it was not at all his fault. Like, like just the fact that he felt like he breeded that hate yeah. in some way. Like anybody with a platform has that danger in a sense. But at the same time, it's like in manifestos, people reference their family. They reference people that they know, and it's like. It always creates that kind of fear. It does, and then if like you have that put in there, that's going to put immediate yeah. fire on him, and they're going to be like, exactly. "Why was that in there? Exactly. Did you tell him to do that?" And it's you know, not good. Yeah. On a, on a lighter note of all that, just Fisher King, man. Even taking away the real world implications that I saw in that, I just—that's a movie that puts me in so many highs and lows but i just feel so good after watching it like yeah i come away from it loving life and there's something freaky that i realized while watching it like thinking of all right what can i mention in the video you guys have you guys seen the fisher king i saw it for the first time last year i have not i've heard of it many times i've not seen it yeah Uh, i'm I'm telling you guys it's so good right michael uh yeah and go ahead. <laughs> um, okay, so I haven't really seen all of Terry Gilliam's films. Um, there's a, a few like Brazil that I still have to watch, but ah, hey, oh, dude. Um, but of of the ones that I've seen, I think Fisher King might be my favorite because because of the performance that Robin Williams gives as as kind of. I want to say it's kind of like an exaggerated version of himself, but, but, but also he is 
he's still playing a character. Um, That's what I get into in my video. It's like how Fisher King is prime. It's the proto Robin Williams role, I think. But is it the proto Williams? Because before, before, before that, he did have um, Good Morning Vietnam, and before yeah. that was Work and Mindy. Yeah. So he, it, 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 it was already kind of fully formed. But I think this is and, the first. Um, I think this is the first like uh, dramatic film where where you really get to see kind of like the full his full range of what he can do. Yeah, I, I was gonna I was gonna say uh, Dead Poet Society, but I, I think oh, that thank was you, more... thank you. That was um that was like two years before I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but actually, I think I haven't seen Fisher King, but I know where you're getting that. Where it's it's his more um, eccentric side of it. Uh, Dead Poet Society, he's a little more straight in that one. Like with Fisher King, I think it's the ultimate Robin Williams performance because it's just, in my opinion, you could show anybody like if you tell anybody about Robin Williams, you're like, well, what was he like? You could show him the Fisher King, and I think that's probably the best portrait of Robin Williams as a person that you'll get through one of his performances. Just how on the outside, he's this loud, wacky character that says crazy shit, but on the inside, he's actually a reserved, educated man mm -hmm. that has tragedy in his life and just has demons inside him. And yeah. honestly, watching that movie with the lens of what we know now about him is very haunting, especially when you get to like the very end and there's a point where Robin Williams talks to Jeff Bridges in that film and it's like right near the end and it's one of the most heartbreaking, just bittersweet things listening to it now and it's just so sincere. Like you feel the person that that character was come out for that brief moment when the whole movie, he's this love obsessed knight trying to find the Holy Grail in New York. And in the movie, one thing that I noticed in the movie, which is a very haunting Gilliam touch, in the movie, he's chased by this guy called the Red Knight. Oh my and God. And it's this horrifying beast that he imagines in his head that has flames coming out of his head, like the little night piece and everything. And he just, he collapses on the floor, screaming, paralyzed in fear, scared out of his mind. And it's this big Red Knight and it's got like all these strands coming out of it yeah. looking like a monster. Like and there's a whole bunch of like craziness all behind him. And when you look at it from like straight on, it looks like blood splatter. And it's, it, I realized because in the film, the person that the caller was talking about was Robin Williams' wife in the, like, that he kills. That's the lady that gets killed in the movie. So later on, the Red Knight chases after, uh, Perry is his name in the movie, chases after him, and then as he's running around New York, screaming his eyes out, just scared out of his mind, it flashes back to that fateful day when the, when his wife gets killed. And in the scene, you see the shotgun go up, and then it cuts to, you know, the impact of the blood, and then it cuts to Robin Williams' face, and he gets the blood full on. And I realize, oh my God, the Red Knight is modeled after the blood spatter from his wife. So literally, that image is forever ingrained in his head and haunts him. 
powerful stuff, man. Yeah, Terry Gilliam. I, I, I started it's getting a Terry Gilliam movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and, and, and Crystal, this is the only Terry Gilliam movie I think you've seen aside from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Because <laughs> I see that this, this podcast is kind of taken on a theme. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was kind of the point is that this tackles mental illness. This tackles, um, no, not, not mental illness. It's like, you know, what the anxieties that we've been going through recently, you know, it's just. Yeah. Shootings just happen to be one thing. But at least we have a silver lining in all this. Brock, at least you're doing the best. I am doing pretty good. I normally have some harsher times, like I said, because I don't like to let myself think positive things. So I'm always, my mind is like, that's going to go wrong. You should stop trying for that. And then eventually I have to beat that person into a corner and think about it. So I will, this is actually something I was going to ask. Mike will end up knowing the full brunt of all of this because he is going to be doing a show with me on my YouTube channel. We don't know what it's called yet because we haven't decided on a title. We've been trying for like three months. But so we're <laughs> doing a show about my favorite anime, Gurren Lagan. It's technically Ting and Tapa Gurren Lagan. But one thing I was going to ask is something that everyone kind of uses to keep themselves going. I need to grab something quick. <laughs> I, th I thought it was like the the subject of like the name title because I, I had an All idea. Right. Been, I don't know if you're gonna be able to see this from there, but like, I was wondering if it was like asking about like the title of it because I remember you and Michael were asking for it a while back, and I I immediately thought like, okay, well, my first thought is just taking your guys's letters in your fir in your first name and combining them, but. BM isn't exactly the best name. Oh, trust me. Trust me. Other ones tried and they're like, I don't think we can do it. But anyway. I was just going to think. I was the, thinking of that, actually. The main crux in the anime is there's a lot of stuff that goes on, but there's fighting with mechs in it, obviously. And one thing you come to learn obviously. later on in it, that the mech that the main character, Simone and Kamina, pilot, is literally powered by willpower. The more you believe in yourself and the more your friends and family believe in you, the more this thing has better fighting ability, the higher powered it is, and the more it can withstand. There's like a the lantern ring. Exactly. Yeah. There's a quote at the end of the show. The best version of it is in English because Yuri Lowenthal is the man, in my opinion. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but uh, we evolve beyond the person we are the minute but we were a minute before. Little by little, we advance further with each turn. That's how a drill works. The main power, the main weapon that it uses in there is a drill. They use a metaphor through the entire way. I've never thought a drill as a weapon in an anime would use as many fours as it is. It's basically turn by turn, keep going. You're not going to make a ton of progress each day, but eventually you're going to crack through whatever's bothering you. You just have to keep applying pressure and don't stop. I was going to say that's so philosophical, and then they're like, that's how a drill works, and I'm like, anime. Exactly. It's, <laughs> the most, it's the most anime quote thing in the world, and it's like, that's why I wanted to go through it, and I'm like, it, it helps me. Every year, I watch through that anime, and anything that's been through with me that year, it's flushed. I start out the brand new year, good to go. I was born January 7th, so it's basically New Year's. I spend that weekend watching all the way through it. It's 27 episodes, so it takes like a day and a half. I am nice. a brand new human after it, and it just, <laughs> it helps me so much. I can't even speak. I've been watching it every year since it came out in 2007, that, I want to say. <laughs> that's kind of like Cowboy yeah. Bebop for me, man, because yeah. it's like at yeah. the end of that, you know, where, where there's a, there's that, um, 
that final saying during one of the final episodes where he says you're going to carry that weight that that quote always kind of oh, yeah. means a lot see round space cowboy yeah oh yeah bang bang there you go oh. i met steve bloom by the way he was awesome i met steve. him in hawaii at one of the cons one of the conventions I'm so jealous man Dude, I got to I meet met him, him recently uh, too. He's the man. That he guy voices is the someone man. in urine. <laughs> He's so awesome. And he like he did like a Wolverine pose with me for a picture and stuff. Like he took the selfie and he did like a Wolverine pose, like with his hand up like this. He was like He was does awesome. voice acting lessons online. You can sign yeah. up for it. I know yeah. he's great. You can look it up. He does voice acting lessons on his own out of his house. I love I love that. I love when you get the chance to um partake in conventions and me people like i um last time um i at the last grand rapids comic con i was at i met tom kane oh, oh, oh. Nice. Okay. and um my, my me and my sister we watched powerball girls all the time when we were younger and so i had him <laughs> yeah. yeah i had him um do for fifty dollars i paid him to uh record a message for my sister um, nice that's cool and he, and he says like this is Tom Kane, the voice of Professor Utonium, and also <laughs> him from the Powerpuff Girls. And he says, I want to say hi. You know, your brother was nice enough to do this little video message. So thanks for being a fan. And he, 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 he was awesome. He really was. But also, actually, uh, this is my um, user profile. But um, uh, I actually, I met Patrick Warburton at... Um, at the convention. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. Too, Patrick man. Warford. Uh, that's on my user profile in case you guys haven't seen that. He nice. is just the funniest guy you will ever meet. Um he was uh, the tick, right? In yeah, the he first, was the tick. Uh, first yeah. version of it. Also he was the yeah, tick. He um, was excellent as the yeah, tick. At, at the tick. Um when we were doing the um there was a QA that he did and one random um commenter like this guy who had this big backpack on him he um, he asked him and everyone else in the audience to just shout spoon. <laughs> <laughs> spoon! Yeah. And, 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 and also awesome, the cool, um, the, um, the funniest thing, um, I mentioned uh, while he was um, sending me, uh, when he was signing um, uh, something for me, he gave me my signature on like, I think it was an animation cell that he gave me. I mentioned, um, hey, you're also good as um, Lemony Snicket um, in the new Netflix series. I guess it's because you look like Dan Daniel Handler. And his response was, I thought I told you never to watch that series. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you much rather watch something more pleasant? And he said, yeah. Um, yeah he's one of the I, deepest I, voices on the planet. Just listening to him talk is the best. <laughs> I, um, I you have more self control than I do, Jacob. Because as soon as I hear that, I would go on the offense. Like, hey, you you should really watch something pleasant. You're like, oh yeah, okay, you're right. I'll tell you about the next time I rewatch Men in Black Two. Oh, that's <laughs> just harsh. <laughs> oh, we. Oh, was he Men in Black Two? Yeah, he was the. I remember it because he was the guy at the very beginning that uh, Will Smith was partnered up with. And I oh, remember no. it was I him. Just, I, I, I didn't even know he. I didn't know that. I just. I, um, I remember. I just said, oh yeah, I'll just. Grabs a I'll, worm. He grabs like a flower. He's like, "What the hell are you doing here, worm boy?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mentioned. I I actually made him uh, laugh because I mentioned one of my favorite Family Guy bits is uh when the guys are watching a Queen Latifah movie and Pe you know the guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then oh. Peter says, "Oh no, she didn't." And then Joe says. <laughs> Oh yes, she did. And then, and then Peter says, 
No, she didn't. Oh, yes, she oh, did. No. no, she did. Yes, she did, Peter. I just saw it. <laughs> All right, take it easy. I think my favorite bit with him and Family Guy is when he falls down that hill and he gets his legs back for like two seconds and then his son comes down and clips him and he becomes oh, yeah. like, well, I guess this is happening. I can't remember exactly what he says, but I laugh so hard. <laughs> One of my favorite bits is um in the Apocalypse episode or the, the Y2K episode and he's like, um his chair got melted into like his driveway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he like, he sees like some monster or something. He's like, "Bring it on!" That's a giant oh, rat. Yeah. I, think. Oh, yeah. uh, I asked him um, during the Q and A what his favorite Family Guy episode was, and he said it was the one where Meg has a crush on Joe because that was when he got to uh, oh. record. That's when he got to record dialogue with Mila Kunis. <laughs> oh my God! I'm I'm looking through his Wikipedia, and I completely forgot that he was in Tales from the Borderlands. Oh, yeah! Hugo yeah. Vasquez. I remember that first scene. <laughs> that was the scene that turned me on to, this, to the, that particular series. Like, okay, I'm going to love everything about this. This is everything about the games, but so much better. And it's when Troy Baker is called into his office. I think uh, Reese was his name? Yep. And he, he's going in there, and, you know, he's just like, let me tell you, you're, you're doing shit or something like that. He's like, you're going to need to pick it up or things will not be so pleasant. And right at that moment, you see a dead body outside in space. And then, you know, Reese is like, and then, and then it cuts to Hugo. He's like, oh, wow, that came in right on time. That really helped make my point. Mm. Um, another um, great bit was um, uh, uh, when he, um, yeah, when he gets the new pair of legs and he's just bossing the other guys around a point where they start doing um and then they start saying good morning good morning <laughs> it's great like they're they start dancing like um and then um he starts shouting at choir so say good morning and then choir was oh, good morning good morning <laughs> like, good morning good morning and then stewie comes like nothing could be better than be louisiana in the morning in the morning oh i thought we was we were still going Nice. Oh man. Uh, there was, uh, speaking of Troy Baker, if any of you want a fun time, they sadly aren't as good as close as what they used to be, but there's a clip. I'm a huge fan of Funhouse from uh used to be inside gaming or versus the game Funhouse. There's a bit where they had when they first started Retro Replay, him and Nolan North were on their Dude Soup podcast. Oh, yeah. And they and they talked yeah. about how they had an idea for a TV show where one of them was going to be Jeff Goldblum and the other one was going to be Christopher Walken on a hundred, I can't remember, hundred thousand dollar pyramid where, where, um, where, uh, Nolan North is Christopher Walken and Troy Baker oh is Jeff Goldblum. And he's just like, I, uh, he, uh, and he's like out of jokes. And then just keeps getting dinging. Like he has no cl And then the host is just like, how do you understand him? What he's just, he's just making noises. Why? How? <laughs> It's the, it's the best. I'm like, you needed to make that a skit, and it never happened. Oh, it was so bad. How did I know the second you mentioned those two celebrities? It's like, okay, yeah, Troy Baker would be Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, no yes. one was, <laughs> yeah, it's the totally. best. And Nolan North also does a spot-on Patrick Warburton impression. If you ever catch him doing it, he's so good at it. Oh, oh they're great. Oh, but, yeah. 
Oh, so, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm crying. That skit makes me laugh so uh, uh. All right, guys. So, uh, do we? Do, uh, how do we follow all this up? Honestly, I like, have, does anybody I have else have no anything? Idea. I have, so, maybe we can. I have an idea. I, I got guys. Maybe we can talk about how we've been. Um, Kiona, have you been talking about how you've been? Um, mentally like, like are there any emotional things that you're going through um well yeah, i don't think you said anything at the beginning yeah no not really but let's let's shine the light on you i'm, I'm the host i'm just guy. like i just set the tone for it anyway yes, they're, they're, they're the ones that yell at you because you don't say enough i'm, I'm catching the pride <laughs> and i'm bringing us back to the prime timeline kiona okay okay you're catching the die i got gotcha. you yeah um so, uh, well, there was something that kind of happened with me, which was that, um, as you guys know, I am an, I'm an old fart. And when I was younger, I read a bunch of video game magazines, and one of them was this magazine called Game Fan. Um, <coughs> game Fan was, it was like the anti-Next Generation and the anti-EGM, uh, if you guys know those. Um, which is basically that that they were more about the personality and less about, you know, uh, less about trying to sound journalistic. Okay. You know, like the the whole idea with them was that they, um, I were I remember uh, there were multiple eras in this video game magazine because they went through different ownerships and different editors in chief and whatnot, and so the first editor in chief there was a time when. Like that guy, the the stories about him are pretty legendary. Like, uh, you know, the the fact that before E3 was a thing, video games used to be announced at CES, which is the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. And so, at one point, you know, some of the some of the I I don't want to I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I will just say that that the stories I've read is that there was a case where the the people who worked on the magazine Game Fan had had rented a like a hotel room and the allegedly the things that went on in that hotel room are pretty like scandalous. Like, I mean, we're talking like drugs and strippers and whatnot. I remember from hell type of stuff. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy stuff that happened. Right. And like, I mean, it is Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But I remember you, you sent me like around that time, like, I know there what is you talk about it. yeah dude like hardcoregaming101.com they have like this whole thread on the history of game fan and it's super long it it reads like a martin scorsese film it reads like I, I was like josh you got to write like a screenplay and do like a <laughs> do like a film version of this but anyway that could be um, your but like I, said, I don't want to like <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah exactly i i don't want to badmouth these guys because you know i i love the magazine and i, and I really enjoyed what they did because what they used to do is they used to do these big huge spreads of games like multi you know multiple pages uh you know screenshots all over the pages and stuff like they they were really kind of like just it, that magazine just bled art direction and screenshots and color and and it was very interesting the funniest um, that you told me about was that one guy that wrote i think a review or a preview he wrote a, a review while he dropped acid he he like he dropped acid oh, no. and wrote a review while on acid while on acid it, it, it was yeah. that a it, it was that game i was just and about to ask what was the game it was, it oh, was God. A, a, a atari jaguar it, <laughs> it was, was a jaguar a, game 
it, it oh. was that game where you're flying around and then you bump into shit and then the it's, it's headless legendary. face comes in. Where did, like, you, where did learn you learn to fly? Yes. Review about that and how that was going to change games. That forever. was going to change games forever, oh and it was gosh. the best game of all time and everything. <laughs> oh yeah, God. like, dude, it was. It's it's pretty legendary. I mean, like that wow. magazine, man. But you know, when I came into it, because I I started reading it like you know month to month when it was in its later incarnation. So at the time, this the the editors that had done all that stuff, all that crazy stuff, had kind of left and done their own thing, and so the new generation of guys came up. And this one guy was the editor in chief. And uh, what he loved to do was he loved to rant about 2D games. And this was at the time when like, when they went out of business, it was around right about when the Dreamcast launched. Okay. So like maybe in 2000, okay. up to 2001 maybe. Um, so, you know, you had the PlayStation 2 and, and of course Sony was leading the 3D game revolution oh, at the yes. time. and. And, you know, and, and Sega, they were big, like, Sega supporters and stuff like that. Like, you know, I mean, they they were import gamers. They were, you know, Saturn, Dreamcast, very, like, Sega-focused. And uh, the Xbox was just announced. And it was just, like, you know, we were at the time when things were going to change again in the industry. And so um, this guy, he wrote, like, a review of a game and it was just him like ranting about 2d gaming and, and why aren't you people supporting it and like oh, no. this is like the best friggin' stuff and i mean i love that though because there was passion there you know oh, yeah. I, I maybe it was a review too it was a review too and it was just like you know like like some people would say that's unprofessional i was just like i love the passion man huh. but anyway um i so so what happened was that years later, somehow in the ICQ days, I had managed to to just message with this editor-in-chief guy who wrote that review. And I just told him his name was Eric. Um, ECM was his handle that he went by. And uh and I told him that, you know, that that I enjoyed reading his writing because I thought I thought it was interesting and I thought it was funny and and you know, there was just a lot of passion behind it, so I liked it. And so we had sort of messaged back and forth um, a little bit and just talked about like X-Men comics. And this was at the time when Chuck Austin was writing X-Men and oh you know, anybody who knows he's, oh God. his run was awful. Anyway, so we just, we would like badmouth Chuck Austin's run on X-Men, but. Um, Chuck Austin, but you, we'd love to have you on the show, by the way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't think he's going to ever listen to anything on the internet ever again, Chuck Austin. <laughs> Um, poor guy, <laughs> but you know, honestly, you did write all that crap. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, so, so I had had some interactions with, with this guy and, and I, I, you know, there was an affinity there for mm -hmm. his writing and stuff like that. And partially like game fan is sort of what inspired me to, to make renegade pop culture. Um, awesome. Yeah. So, you know, and that's why we have the nicknames and stuff like that, because it's kind of like a little game fan homage. I like that. Um, so anyway, I, I read like maybe a few weeks ago, I, I read that that this guy, ECM, uh, he had passed on in 2018, in early 2018. And I had, didn't know this. Um, 
but I, I had just thought like, oh, you know, because we were doing the, the the nicknames kind of stuff. And so I, I thought, oh, well, I'll go look up, you know, I'll, I'll Google this guy and see what's going on. And come to find out that, you know, through Twitter and through like, I, I checked multiple sources and stuff. And they all said that, that he had passed away in 2018. And some of the former editors who are still active on like, I think it was um, the next level forums. Um, they they had a forum thread about Game Fan and its history, and uh, they had written that that yes, that ECM they they checked with his family and that yes, he had passed on. Um, and he was like maybe about I don't know, like in his forties, like forty five or so, or what have you. Um, and no one knows really what happened. All we know is that he did pass on and he did have a family. Um, and, you know, I mean, there, there were times when he would kind of, he, he, was, he was not a guy who was afraid to offend anybody um, in, his, in his writing and stuff like that. Like he was a very like in your face kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what his politics were. I mean, you can kind of guess, but... But, you know, regardless of any of that stuff, it, it still was like, it was a major blow um, for me because I was just like, I, I had had those interactions with him. And uh, to find out that he was, you know, one of the things, one of the reasons why was I was, I was hoping to maybe find a way to contact him and maybe say like, oh, look, we made this website and, um, you know, it's, it's different from GamePan, but it's inspired by it. And, you know, I hope that you would take a look at it. That was something that I was trying to do. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, not there anymore. <laughs> um, the... I, I had, I, I'm friends with, with a couple of guys on, on Facebook and everything, like a few people who had worked on GameFan, both in the original and the, the latter incarnations that came years later. Um, and, um, and so I wrote a thing on, on Facebook about it and I shared it to the group and, you know, it was just something where it was like, I, I was up at like 4 a.m. just thinking about it because I was just looking through everything and I listened to a podcast that his friends had made in his honor and, and like it was just something that really hit me in a strange way. Um, and, uh, and so I tweeted out to some of, the, some of the guys that worked on the magazine back in the day and, and they actually ended up following me back, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Nick Roxon and... Casey Lowe and um yeah so it's very surreal when someone that was a huge inspiration for you and like it kind of slips by in that respect you know yeah well one of the things that that I sort of do that that is sort of my own kind of homage to him is that like in my writing you know like the the corny humor <laughs> like that's a little bit like that's a little bit of like ECM because he used to do that you know he would do the the whole thing like one of the things I used to love about it was in the in the intros to like the reviews or the previews or what have you they would always kind of call each other out like he would call out other editors and stuff and he'd just be like you know 
yeah, this game is great. It's an import, you know, it's a shoot 'em up. It's it's 2D vertical scrolling, so that means this guy ain't gonna like it, you know. And they would just do things like that, and it was just it was so funny, and it just kind of added to this whole like idea of like these guys were just sitting in a room together just playing games all day. That explains the kid fan call out at the beginning of the Cybermorph uh, review that exactly I, I pulled exactly. up like yeah. Cybermorph, that was it. That was yeah. it, man. That's like, <laughs> oh, man. And in, in fairness, at least for me, I always love, I always love reading the, the show notes for the podcast because I can always tell that's <laughs> your personal flair. And uh, even if it's like at odds with everybody, it's always like, look, I'll tell you guys, I don't care about this, about this thing. It doesn't look like my cup of tea. <laughs> it looks like craziness. It looks like what would happen if you snorted in Skittles. But you know what? <laughs> everybody else loved it so there you go i know yeah that's that's kind of my thing that i do that's that's a that's a little nod to that because like you know i still think my favorite thing was the the real pigeons fight crime (laughs) that was my favorite line that i've ever written for these show notes because it's just like i hope they do so just by pooping on on the criminals at inopportune moments like that's just i'll admit i was a little upset like on on some level like man why didn't you write anything about animal crackers because I could only imagine the comedy goal that you could have come up oh, with. Oh man! Just by talking I, about no, the premise of animal crackers. We're friend. We're we're friendly towards the director. So yeah, and then I remembered that. It's like, okay, yeah. I get it. But man, and I didn't so watch the movie, so I didn't really want to be one of those guys. You know, like like real pigeons fight crime is another whole thing because first of all, that title, and secondly, it's not made yet, so nobody's seen it. <laughs> Maybe it will just be pigeons crapping on people for all we know. I mean, I, it, if it was, I'd, I'll watch it. But by, by the way, <laughs> you have earned a viewer. Guys, if you guys have seen the the title for the 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 tuned yeah. up that I edited, yeah. which I think was Comic Con Cringe with Kawaii Kyle. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, I know there's that is not a final title. I just. I just want to make myself laugh. <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, God, like, I, I, I love your uh, working titles for, for, yes, for tuned up. Me too. I, I always That's get why I worried that, like, I, I, I might say one thing and might be like, "Oh crap!" They might think like this isn't like I'm not I'm I'm not taking it seriously. <laughs> I, I still think my favorite title that I've done, which to any listeners that are listening in. When Kawaii Kyle helps me out with the editing, I, I just hand it off to him. And um, what, what happens man of mystery, is like, that Kawhi Kyle. You know, I sit with him and I Young listen. And I, just, I just think, all right, how can I distill it down to just like something that can probably make him laugh? And one of the favorite titles that I came up with was, um, I, I think it was actually the, it was either the Animal Crackers one or the Hamilton one. Which was a uh, animal crackers in our voice. Yes. Yep. And, uh, in my voice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Hamilton hitting it with Hayden. Yes. <laughs> I just. We should have just been like spitting it with Hayden. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been perfect. Oh man. Hayden's it's like real, though. throwing something at the computer right now. It's surreal though about the about the game fan stuff because yeah i can understand that like it, it's not on the same level but it reminds me when uh when roger ebert died 
Yeah. And yeah. for me, it just, I, I think it's a, I think it's just in my head. It's like, fuck, I'm a filmmaker. I'm never going to get the, I'm never going to be able to see a Roger yeah. review of my work. Yeah. And it just, it, it sets in. And then sometimes you watch a movie and you just think, man, what would Ebert think of the tax collector? No. <laughs> you, you know what, though? Uh, please. Please don't no, get into this. No, 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 seriously. Like, there's some movies, good and bad, that you just think, man, I would love to hear what a man like that would have to say. If he would think Parasite was a masterpiece like, like we all did, or if he would think that, you, you know, Suicide Squad was, like, a masterpiece. I mean, he liked... Home Alone 3. God knows why, but, you know. He didn't like the first two either. He didn't like the first two, but he liked Home Alone 3. He was like, that's the one that got it right. I'm more uh, wondering what his, what his opinion on the Velocipaster is. That's just me, <laughs> but, you know. He liked, it's like, um, Roger Ebert, he liked Godfather 3 more than Godfather 2. He was a, he was a, he was a different man. <laughs> I like that's, Godfather. That's, that's always I respect about him. Like, <laughs> No, like no matter yeah. his opinion, he he always stood by it. Nope. Yeah. See, that was the thing, though. That was the reason why I liked Game Fan was because they were not about like, okay, this system is gold or or this AAA title is is the best thing ever because it's the most popular, or whatever. You know, they were just like, hey, we love what we love. Nope. Can I? Yeah. Can I read you guys the Cybermorph review? And, oh boy. I sort of learned that from that magazine so yeah we're gonna we, put dave alverson on blast okay <laughs> no matter what it's a huge part of the foundation of renovating yeah. culture and you know what we, we gotta i'm happy we're talking about it <laughs> i'm just saying Kiona, do I have permission to read the Cybermorph review real quick? This is the, if memory serves, this is the acid dropping one, I think. You, are you guys cool with that? Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, uh -oh. here we go. After braving the stormy skies of New York City, Kid Fan emerged with the first Atari Jaguar awarded to a game publication. After ripping open the FedEx box, we all gathered around the first 64-bit game system and plunked in Cybermorph. I got to play. 24 hours later, long after everyone else except for my trusty Quadra operator had left, I emerged, totally fulfilled, with the strange feeling that after playing video games for nine years, I had just played the first real one. No longer am I tied down from going from point A to point B. I can go anywhere, anytime, and interact with crafts and characters all over each of 50 planets for as long as I wanted. After rescuing my allotment of pods, I can survey the world, taking out remaining enemies, playing with different viewpoints, and examining structures. Each level is a different type of rescue mission, requiring a completely new strategy than the last. Some moons are totally hostile, while others require intense exploration and passive gameplay. I played for three hours to complete the first eight moons, then surprisingly met a boss on the ninth. At that point, I'm used to 16-bit games. I figured it was over, but I was wrong. Eight more appeared that required massive study to conquer. Uh, then, 
after another 12 hours of engulfing gameplay, I reached the end once again, fought two huge gunships, and figured for sure that was it. Again, I was wrong. Eight more planets appeared that I am still, two days later, studying. I'm going to assume after the review was posted, he, he, like he beat it. <laughs> It turns out that there are 50 <laughs> planets making this game one that doesn't even nick the hardware, the longest I ever played, all 3D, all rendering on the fly, filled with vivid, brilliant colors and detailed polygon enemies that seem aware of my presence. I am thrilled <laughs> with this game. So now... Are all enemies in games <laughs> aware of your presence? I... <laughs> so now, for me, the face <sighs> of gaming has totally changed. Now... I must imagine that games like the like this that make use of the Jag's full potential, texture-mapped rendering on-the-fly RPGs are now possible. Games that with huge worlds to explore are on the horizon. Shooting, action, role-playing, adventure. The Jag will have it all. No putt-putts, no bird's <laughs> life, just solid inventive 64-bit games from public programmers with imagination. This game was made by ATD. Who's ATD? Whoever they are, they sure know how to make games. They got inside my head, and that's what it's all about. Will everyone who plays Cybermore feel as I do? Probably not. There are those some who will turn it on, fly into a planet, think they're just playing another shooter, die for sure, and exclaim, this is 64-bit? To those boneheads, I must say, you have to look deeper than that. This is the first game. It was probably started before the 64-bit processor house inside was even invented. Look at the creativity, the sound, the intelligence. Cybermorph was great music in the intro, has great music in the intro, but the game itself whispers only the surreal sounds of each planet. The sounds of the approaching missiles, the rumbling of approaching ah. transport vehicles, the hum of your thrusters. That's all you hear, and rightfully so. I just realized there's like a lot of like grammar mistakes too. Like so here much. is spelled H E R E. Yeah. And rumbling so is spelled R U M B L I G N. For the record, this is the guy who was editor in chief before the other guy that I was talking about, the one that I had um, messaged with and all that. Yeah. So this was the other guy. And, and, and like I said, this is the like this is the one that was written while dropping acid, right? Yes, this is for yeah. what it is. It's very surprisingly coherent, and then it goes off the. Rails. It, it was the the full story is that there was a guy, one of the young guys who who, who had worked there, dropped a, a a thing of acid in the coffee pot, oh. and oh. everybody that partook of that coffee, then had some uh, and had a little extra. So yeah. I'm looking this game Irish up right now. I'm looking this <laughs> game up right now because I have never seen this before. Cybermorph ATD. The company is called Attention to Attention Detail. Attention to Detail. Mm -hmm. And two of the first options that come up are its official wiki, and then the second one is called Cybermorph Crappy Games Wiki Uncensored. <laughs> in closing. Oh my gosh. Woo in, boy. Oh yeah. In closing, <laughs> Legendary. I can only say that I can only say that with the Jaguar, Atari has won our support. The new machine is made here, is the highest quality. It's made here. 
I have ever seen, I have seen so far and looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. Support, they will have it because we yes. will all own this system. At least most <laughs> yeah. of our readers will. And you guys that alone. That happened. That happened. <laughs> and you guys alone can spell success for a new system. Atari is back. Come, Come pet, pet the cat. Pet the cat. <laughs> Come pet the cat. Wow. That is officially how I'm going to end this, the show notes for this. I'm going to say Atari is back. Come pet the cat. Um, but speaking of Atari being totally. back, are any of you going to buy that console that supposedly is still attempting to come out? No. Is it still getting made? They're still trying. They're making that, another That's tool. the one that's like a nightmare, right? That's yeah. the one that like that that like people tried to fund or kickstart or whatever, and there's still nothing to show for there's it. There's still nothing to show for it. They want it to be like a current gen console to where like you could play stuff on it. I'm like, oh. why would we need a third option or a fourth one actually? <laughs> like, make an Atari thing that is basically just an upscaler machine. Yeah, yeah. you could fit every Atari game ever made on a two gig thumb drive. <laughs> just give me that. <laughs> <laughs> make a make a jaguar exactly collection. there you go with cybermorph and dave halverson will be a very happy man <laughs> hey you but, know I what mean, at least i know that's going to be better than the ouya oh vaporware and you guys remember the ouya i completely yeah, forgot mo mobile game the council yeah i remember that that was the best. That was I remember. No, was what was best up. was the what? What was the what was the system that Soldier Boy tried making? <laughs> oh, oh God. God! Oh, I don't I remember. Can't remember. Called, I remember. I remember like all the stories about it. It was it was another system that he just made a Soldier Boy version of, and then like attempted to get sued out of his shorts because it's like it's just another system that you're calling the Soldier Station or whatever the hell he tried calling it. <laughs> I, I remember oh, seeing hold on. it. I got. I got to look this up. What the hell was that? I wanted called? to. I, I wanted to actually look up gameplay, and I think. I think Soldier Boy ended up. Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, suing anybody who shows gameplay footage off of his consoles, That's even though his consoles it. are stolen from <laughs> other companies. The console is basically an Xbox One X. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I'm looking at. And the controller looks like a mix between a Nintendo DS and a Wii U. <laughs> this thing is a pile. What is this? Guys, can we review it for the for, for the How? Renegade Arcade? Yeah. Oh Fiona, is somebody can grab budget? one. I don't know, man. I tell it hold on. I'm going to Amazon.com. Hold on. Oh no. Oh no. Amazon.com. I tell you, if it's not unbelievably unreasonable. <laughs> it's gonna be unbelievably unreasonable. Dude, I, I gotta tell you guys it? this too, which is that like if you guys if if you ever want to go back and read like old issues of GameFan, I think like the Internet Archive has them. So like you can oh, you can go yeah. look at like PDFs and stuff of them. But like like I said, it was the later Whoa. the later years were my favorite. So I didn't find Soldier Boys, but boy did I find a bunch of knockoff shit on Amazon. Holy have you guys heard of the canoodle? <laughs> Sounds familiar, actually. <laughs> that is it's got greatest. three it's got three six thousand games in it. Wanna want a game? <laughs> Come canoodle with us. Oh god. Uh <laughs>
Josh, I gotta say, I love how you always lean on uh, Crystal when we're recording. Why is yes. this garbage? I think you're drunk. You're not annoyed. The canoodle. Oh, this is this is canoodling, Crystal. This is canoodling. <laughs> this is man. I'm just going down a rabbit hole of knockoff systems to claim to have. Oh, oh speaking Lord. of that, now that yeah, I remembered, I had to bring this up because I almost hole. forgot. We were at a mini mall in Gurney, Illinois, the Gurney Mills Mall. A guy sold us a system that supposedly had six thousand games on it. And I'm just like, okay, no, it doesn't. <laughs> the guy was trying to right. convince me so hard and had 6,000 games for $50. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Oh, God, and no. We got the thing home Jeez. and we started playing it and it had 6,000 games, but they were all just repeats with different names yes. on them. Like yes. Tekken 3 was a random game that just wasn't Tekken 3, but it had the weirdest um, warning I'd ever seen in my life. It said, do not leave plugged into the wall when turned off. What? Oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> that that reminds me. That Was reminds there like me. a strange glow emanating from the console? <laughs> that that reminds me of that Christmas. I remember one year, I think it was like one of the first years that we were together, Crystal. Um, your your grandma on your dad's side. <laughs> um, she got me and uh, her siblings and uh. uh I think her dad or your dad. Yeah. Uh, she said they were uh, Nintendo Classic Editions or something like that. Those, those you know, those yeah, mini NES. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh my god, that's awesome! And then I, I take it and then I plug it in at my house, and I think in my head, okay, something's off, because I'm looking at the NES controller, and the thing that isn't setting me off is the fact that. It's got another. It's got another set of two buttons. So it's got the A and B, and an A and B also. So that's not setting me off. That it's got four buttons, even though it's supposed to have two. But what's setting off red flags is I realize, oh crap, this doesn't have the Nintendo logo on its controller. Oh, oh no. no! It's a bootleg. So oh. I, I boot it up, and yeah, it has six thousand games. Like something like that. I'm like, okay, well, it's it's the Sapra Nintendo. <laughs> and, and the thing that, that that gets to me, most of the games are virtually unplayable. But of all things, the one game that works like a dream, and I hate that it works like a dream, and that I know it works like a dream, is Ghostbusters on the NES. <laughs> what? Uh oh. Oh no. Congratulations. It could have been Dick Tracy yes. on the NES. Congratulations. You have completed a great game and proved the justice of our culture. So go on, rest our heroes. <laughs> That's right. That was a Ghostbusters. I know that quote. I forgot what it was in. Uh, the AVGN, uh, when oh, he did Lord. that, he, he suggested a substitute uh, and title card and said, Congratulations. You had the courage to sit through this awful game. You proved your nerdiness. Now go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'll always remember that and Preferable. the end title that he came up with for the Friday the 13th game because oh, at the yeah, end yeah. of that game, it just says you and your friends are dead. They're dead. And he just and, went off on it. And it, uh, it went like this. I remember this. You're dead. Your friends are dead. Your family's dead. Your fucking pets are being skinned alive. 
Your mom's a fucking mom's whore. A fucking whore. You, <laughs> you suck, suck at, at life. life. The, the whole, the whole world hates you. You're going to Go hell. hell. Live with Live it. With it. Game over. Oh guys. I would love it if a game did that to me. <laughs> I would just be like, that is so worth it. Yeah. It may not be the actual game over screen on it, but I imagine that's probably what the game over screen is for Battle Kid on the NES. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's played the game who's watched the Game Grumps play that, they know oh what I'm God. talking about. Good God. Oh, like my goddamn dad's chode, you piece of garbage. Guys, are we sure that we're doing a mental health one and we're not just doing another free-for-all? <laughs> I mean, it kind of is a free-for-all, but to be you honest, know, I mean, we, we've covered we a couple of heavy topics here. Oh, yeah, we did. It's like, it, 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 to be honest, if you want to do mental health, what are the things that help us through mental health? Do we Exactly. Yeah. We tie it back. Blow off steam. That's exactly. It's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of how we ended the la- the last one too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, I was just. Did we end the last one? We like started going off about something, right? I don't. I don't remember exactly what it was. I just remember um, it started heavy and then ended completely off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, that's that's pretty much what we are. If you if you get in touch with us, you'll know. <laughs> I mean the free for all one. Oh, it was yeah. like the free for all one uh, where we started talking about George Floyd, and then we started. Yeah, that up, was the that was the unplugged episode. Yeah, Bring out the squeaky boobs one. <laughs> Which oh my god! We need to we need to do Dude. another unhinged, another unplugged episode when Ready Player Two comes out. Yes, Dude. yes, yes, totally, totally. Like <laughs> um. Michael, how have you ever talked about um what you've been going through, like how how your experiences have been lately? Um, I I think I dove a little bit into it the last the last time. Um, only 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 real story that I have uh, this week is um uh, just just the general anxiety of. Okay, so you know, you know, the, you know those stories of of like um, the old Samsung phones um, that like exploded. Yeah. Um, well, I, I have I have an iPhone seven, and I just realized over the weekend that the battery was starting to swell up. Oh. Um, so, oh. like immediately Saturday night, I contacted Apple um, to t- to tell them like. Hey, I need to get this replaced like as soon as possible, because I because I have apps on there that I need for for work, and they're like, okay, well, um, we'll we'll send we'll send you the package or we'll send you like the return uh, box. Yeah, the return instructions in like two business days, um, and that that just kind of that like set off my anxiety to like. I, I, I was before that I was like at a you know a five six my kind of normal level that that took me up to like eleven because I, I, w- I was afraid that like if I did any if I if I did anything like if I left it in the charger for too long or you like I, it in any way yeah like I like I, w- I was afraid to do anything 
and even and even even when the like the instructions came in um i i, I was afraid to like to do anything until i contacted fedex to pick up the package because i didn't i didn't want to i didn't want to drop it off um like at the drop-off box because i like i didn't want the heat in my car because i leave my i leave my car um outside okay. i didn't want the heat to um I didn't want the phone to over to overheat in the car, and I didn't. I I was just afraid to do anything. So know. that that kind of made my week uh, a little bit stressful. You can imagine just feeling like you have a bomb in your pocket. Yeah. Just yeah. Jeez. I can't. Oh, that. And it was like that, and then I had someone who I knew had the story about those when those hoverboards first came out, and they started, like, going up in people's houses. Oh, yeah, I heard about oh. that. Oh, No, thank you. No, 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 no. Yikes. I am well. afraid of modern technology. Like, I, it, it took me years until I finally got, like, a regular touch phone. Yep. And all that time, I was always worried that something like that was going to happen. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to stay stuck in the year 2006. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, like, when, when that Samsung uh, story went out, like, a couple years ago, it was, like, it, it was something I was actively laughing at. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I was one of those, like, I was one of those Apple kind of snobs who were like, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I I was one of those guys who were making fun of of Samsung at that at that time, but I didn't real I didn't realize that um that it's something really common when it like with those with those uh lith lithium batteries, but that's something that's a real like that's a real possibility. And I I had I had no idea until again, like literally last weekend that 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 would even happen. Uh, nothing lasts that long anymore and it's by design that it does not last long anymore yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's one of the worst things cool. about technology i think yeah. back to those photos of like people who had like their phones blow up while they were on the phone yep oh yeah God. it's horrifying freaking horrifying but yeah i'm 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 glad that we that we did another volume of the mental health check because af after the week that I've had, I really needed this. Good. Same. I think we all did. This was, it, it always, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but it just it always <laughs> feels so good just to come on and just vent. Yeah. Just yeah. purge. It is just, yeah. just, it's a vibe check. It's like emptying the recycling bin. It's just like <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. But by the way, um, I do want to mention like talking about things that have helped me sort of get through the week because it's been a rough week. It's been a rough couple of weeks, man. I just have had no motivation whatsoever. Um, but a couple of things that have had me that have helped me is one. One is the show Lucifer. Nice. I freaking love that show. I've really gotten into that show. Nice. Um, which is, you know, people might might not know this, but it is a comic book adaptation. It's a Neil Gaiman, you know, it's from the Sandman. 
basically for Morningstar. Yeah, Lucifer Morningstar. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it, you know, even though it it sounds sacrilegious and whatnot, but it's really just like it's it's a character based drama, you know. Like it's it's got humor to it. It's it's not bad. Um, you know, it's it's it is what it is. Um, I liked it. I'm glad it's on Netflix because they can do their their thing. Um, so that's a good show. And also, um, there's a, um, I was watching some of the, the Comic-Con sort of uh, panels and stuff like that, like the virtual panels that they had and watched a couple of the Smallville ones. And I watched like the, um, uh, the one that, um, it wasn't a Comic-Con panel, but it was like the, the podcast hosted by Ken Jeong and, um, and uh, Josh, mm, Josh, who's, who's the dude? Yeah, who's the dude in in Community? Why am I blanking on his name Joel right now? McHale. Joel McHale. Thank you. Yeah, they had Allison Brie on their on their show. Oh, nice. And uh, oh, and that was you. a fun fun episode. Um, so that kind of got me through things. But then watching the Smallville ones, it was interesting because like Michael Rosenbaum has his own show. He has a, a podcast called Inside of You which is a great name for a podcast yeah. because every time somebody comes on there, he'll have like Brandon Routh on it. He'll be like, Brandon Routh, thanks for letting me be inside of you. <laughs> and, and, I, like, and I Rosenbaum and like, is a perfect person to host something like that. Exactly. And, and Brandon Routh is like, well, uh, you asked permission. So <laughs> it's great. It's a great podcast. He he does it for a good reason though. He does it for um to to you know for anxiety and that sort of thing. So it's kind of like similar to what we're doing right now. Um but you know, it's one-on-one kind of interviews and stuff like that. So which is by the way a format that I am kind of interested in doing like one day I think I think it would be cool if like maybe each of us could do like one-on-one sort of interviews with each other and just kind of talk about stuff and Absolutely, an offshoot of like the mental health, the mental health podcast. That would so. be fun. Absolutely. Cool. You mean one of that. us would interview another person? Yeah, or like just we can interview each other. Okay. Abs- right, absolutely. Who, who wants to be the Nixon to my Frost? <laughs> I think it should be me. Come on, man. We've known each other for years. Yeah. Can me and Mike can interview each other then? Exactly. Oh, we, we we could go for out. We could go for hours. Oh yeah, you and me got a lot of stuff talked over years of doing stuff on YouTube. <laughs> you can interview me. Okay. okay, I'd be up for doing either. This, I, this is literally the first time you and I have ever talked to each other. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What better way to um, get to know each other than now, basically? I think it was something like that. We just figure out a format. I have no life, so I'm open for doing stuff. Whatever. <laughs> I'll be honest. I would love to interview Hayden. That would be sounds cool. like it would be a blast. No that man, it's it's whoever wants to interview each other. You know, you guys can do it, and it'll be like a window into our souls, sort of. Yeah. Speaking absolutely. of speaking of windows into souls, just a small, just tiny thing I wanted to bring up. Did you guys see the video that Hayden shared? Where he superimposed his face into footage from cats. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, he will not shut up about cats. I wanted to ask him, was that on the butthole cut or the pre-butthole cut? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know this, otherwise I can't appreciate it. I just I needed to talk about that. I god damn. I I I I really thought that was just a part of the film too. So it took me a solid fourth loop watching it like oh that's hayden's face okay yeah 
at oh i still can't believe that's a thing oh, mm. man, that is one of the best things i've ever seen mm. <sighs> oh, boy cats can i can i say can we i'll just say what's been getting uh what's been helping us get through this um Sure. I just want to say what's getting me through this is my chats with Kim, uh, my girlfriend. Nice. I was going to ask, how are you two doing? We're, we're doing good. Um, I sent her recently. She really wanted um, a, a t-shirt that I wouldn't miss, so I sent it in the mail. Because um, uh, she sent me one, you know, when, right after she nice. uh, was wearing perfume, so like her smell is on it. Aww. Aww. That's cool. Yeah, there are times that you know this this virus thing kind of makes me scared. I guess we we really want her to come over here to America, and sometimes and I I I do try to hold on to hope that we will see each other in person. And you know, it it's still great. We're still watching Lazy Town every Sunday, or at least <laughs> she's watching me watch Lazy Town. <laughs> she's watching me watch Lazy Town. Um. And, and just bombards me with lazy town lore, basically. <laughs> lazy town lore might be the best thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. That is amazing. And she, she and her sister are obsessed with the new Animal Crossings game. Um, uh, she sends me these animations. A lot of people, people are. Uh, she she did me. Uh, she showed me this one animation on YouTube where it's Animal Crossing characters. Reenacting the talk show scene in Joker. Oh boy! Oh, no. <laughs> Where it's just, it's like a ram and a, a cow and a clown face, uh, a ram and, and clown face, and, like a, and um that little um rat creature, what like a squirrel, whatever is the Robert De Niro host. Oh my god! Yeah, that's not funny, Arthur. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my god. It's been a rough week. <laughs> Ever since I <laughs> taxed that bridge. Yeah. Um god. I, I now I want to hear a KK Slider cover of That's Life by Frank Sinatra. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay for the recording myself. I would pay for the studio time. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> And, um, the part where um where he kills um Mara, he just makes the squirrel character disappear in a puff of smoke, <laughs> and everyone start and the and the still the crowd still screaming. There's there's a great oh. edit of that on Facebook. I don't know how I'd be able to find it. Where he does that, they get what they fucking deserve. He shoots him, and then nothing happens, and Robert De Niro just stares at him, and he just looks back, <laughs> and then it just cuts the commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> the the funniest I've seen in edit of that is they put all of all of uh, Arthur like that whole scene intercut in the the Eric Gondry show. Oh, so, you know he's just like you know it's been a rough week since I killed those uh, killed those Wall Street guys, and it cuts to Eric. How can you say something so controversial and yet so brave? <laughs> and he's just like, what do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society? And it cuts to it cuts to Eric like, I don't know what's going on right now, and he's crying. <laughs> you get what you fucking deserve, and he points the gun, and right before it fires, it does the whole. Dur, 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 dur. We'll be right back. 
<laughs> oh my god. Oh, hey, hey Josh, I wanted to ask you, did you see the um did you see the state of play video from PlayStation? I week? only saw one video from there and it's the video that matters to me. Bug snacks. Oh, Bug snacks. Okay, I saw two videos. Bug <laughs> snacks, but Crash Bandicoot 4 baby. Oh, I'm excited for hoods. Did, did you see Bug Snacks? Did you honestly see Bug Snacks? I I saw I did see a little bit of Bug Snacks, but then I saw Crash 4 and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Bug Snacks, but I'm gonna have to chow down on you. <laughs> been, you've been knocked out of position. When does when does Crash come out? Crash comes out in October. Oh, okay. Dude, Brock, snacks. what 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 are your thoughts on Bug Snacks? I'm just curious. Are you on board I as much as we are? I don't. <laughs> Because let me tell you something, Bug Snacks is the game of the year, as far as I'm the, concerned. The funniest thing, I I wanted I wanted to be known. I started the the <laughs> fucking joke about Bug Snacks being game of the year. Yep. Like that's my most hyped game. I started that joke, and then I see Video Game Donkey do a video <laughs> about quote unquote E3 2020, and yep. he talks about Bug Snacks, and he's already started making the joke. This will be the knack two of PlayStation 5. Oh my god. <laughs> and he, the funniest thing is he started making fun of a game that was uh, on the PlayStation 5 showcase. It was that, um, it was that one that Bethesda was doing where it's like you shoot and then like if you, like if you don't do things right, you kind of go back in time. Oh, Deathloop? No, not Deathloop. Yeah, um, Deathloop. Is it Deathloop? Okay. Deathloop. Yeah, and he's oh, like, yeah. you know, I always find it funny that there's a video game at E3 that's always like, and he plays the clips of the of the thing. He's like, all my life I've lived on the edge, but now <laughs> I'm not. Who am I? I'm Bug Snacks. <laughs> And then the funniest was he was showing footage from Halo Infinite. He's like, you know, Halo Infinite is the most powerful game on the Xbox. Look at the graphics on the monkey. This Dude. is uh this is this is clearly footage from Halo 3. So then he like it actually is showing footage from Halo 3. He's like, okay, here we are. It's the proper footage, and it's footage from Halo Infinite. He's like, Halo Infinite is the most powerful game on the Xbox One. Look at the graphics on the monkey. <laughs> Dude, can we talk about Halo Infinite? Because I never got to, to rant about this, okay? <laughs> let, let, I'm getting something to drink. You go right ahead. <laughs> let, guys, you guys are in for a Kiona rant. So, okay, Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite. Let, let's talk about this, okay? So, like... <laughs> I was waiting for this Xbox press conference. I, I tweeted to Phil Spencer. He never saw it. He doesn't care who we are. He doesn't know who I am. Anyway, <laughs> Phil Spencer. I'm like, I'm like, I'm a fan. I've I've been I've been an Xbox guy since the original Xbox way back in 2000, whatever. And like, okay, you know, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for Halo. Let's get it on. This is this is let's go. This is this is our time. And then the Halo Infinite thing happens, and it's like the music's a throwback, the the armor's a throwback, the graphics are a throwback, everything's a throwback. And I'm just like, you know what? What is even happening with this game? Because like, okay, so Halo 5 sucked balls, okay? Like Halo 5 was the equivalent of like me burning my Halo membership card, okay? Like that that's I I I have no Halo card, I'm not a fan anymore. Your game sucked. Oh, dude. So like 
Halo Infinite happens, and I'm just like, okay, let's see what they do here. Because, you know, obviously they, they have a lot to, to sort of atone for. That, that sounds douchey, but, you know, I mean, they have a lot to, like, to, to, to course correct. And I'm curious to see how they're going to do it, because now Cortana's evil, the galaxy is, like, there's an AI uprising, you know, spoilers, I guess, for Halo 5. But, oh, like, no, God forbid. God forbid, you know. <laughs> um, the crappy story, who cares? You know, and, and then there's, there's, like, a whole other Spartan team, and Nathan Fillion's on it, which is the one saving grace. And like, he makes everything better. Exactly. So now we have Halo Infinite. What are we going to do here? What we do is we have the chief stranded in space and he's rescued by some whiny dude in a pelican. Now, said whiny dude is apparently going to be chief's companion through this entire adventure, which is... I won't get into the technical side of it yet. So so now, okay, he's going to be Chief's companion, right? So every time between missions, you're going to have to talk to this whiny guy who's going to complain about, like, I thought you said that we're going to go back and find civilization and go back home and I can go with my family and da-da-da. And Chief is going to be like, he's going to be like, I spot a crew of grunts. I'm going to go kill them or something. You know, whatever. <laughs> So he goes and he goes and he kills all the grunts and he kills all the dudes and and then like and and oh yeah it's anti-aircraft batteries okay so he's gonna go and kill the anti-aircraft batteries as we all know so this is just chief doing his chief thing the brutes are falling out of the sky they look terrible they look like play-doh plastic <laughs> whatever are stupid. you making fun of craig the brute or whatever his name was <laughs> craig the brute yeah craig <laughs> the brute i, I Look, we all love Craig the Brute, okay? Craig the Brute gets a pass, but everybody else sucks. Anyway, and then they do this whole thing where he goes, okay, like, you know, apart from the structure itself, which looks like it could have been at home in Halo 4 or 5 or what have you, when he gets to the control room where I guess it's to shut off the entire batteries or something, he gets to the control room, and then all of a sudden you're treated to this vision slash holographic image of like the brute chieftain who is your main enemy in this game and all it is for the last like minute or two of this demo that they showed is just the brute chieftain basically like like matt mcmuscle says he was just cutting a promo at master chief dude oh you listen to matt mcmuscles you all oh, are getting closer every day go ahead <laughs> well josh introduced me actually yeah i introduced him because i knew him through two best friends friends <laughs> and the first video that i watched was his marvel versus capcom infinite video with uh with with maximilian dude um but anyway, so like, so Matt McMuscles then, you know, he, he says the, basically the brute guy cut a promo at Master Chief, right? Which is so hilarious. Anyway, if I have to hear the stupid brute chieftain say, say, set a fire in your heart, demon, you know, and he's like, he's like, bear your fangs. If I have to hear him say bear your fangs like that one more time, I'm going to shoot a grunt in Halo 5. <laughs> um, in the head so that there's a grunt birthday party skull goes off. Okay, um, but I mean, seriously though, this is like, I, what were they even thinking with this video? Okay, 
never mind the direction that they're going with Infinite, which is apparently a games as service model. Huh. What? Yeah. Apparently they're gonna I... just do like there's this one game and they're just gonna keep on doing like like DLC for it for the rest of its life or something. Like they're destiny toing it. Because it's infinite. Get it's it. infinite. Ah! Oh. Wow. <laughs> Three four three, you guys are great. Yeah. The pun masters at three four three. Anyway, they are. So like, <coughs> I don't know. I am not on board with this. I, I I don't like the visual style. I don't like the music. I don't like like this whole game is not made for me because they they say they're gonna they're gonna tie it into Halo Five and everything that happened in Halo Five still <coughs> happened and it matters and everything like that. It's gonna be a lore entry in the freaking game that you get when you go and, and hijack or like hack into one of the computer stations, okay? Maybe a good sliver of Cortana will come back, but that's about it. And so now we're facing saying... this brute chieftain guy that they've never introduced until now, maybe at the end of Halo Wars 2. But like, what is the point of this? And then you're fighting Covenant again? You're gonna fight the Flood again? So, so, so what you're saying, Kiona, is that this game isn't going to be better than Bug Snacks? At this point, I'm willing to bet Bug Snacks is going to be a far more interesting and entertaining experience than Halo Infinite. <laughs> That's how down I am on this game. I am sorry, okay? Like, seriously, this game... 343, bite my ass, okay? It's funny you mentioned the villains, because I'm not. I'm going to say this. I don't have an attachment to Halo as much as everyone else, but... Um, <laughs> I saw a video by Brian David Gilbert of Polygon who went through every single oh, Halo book. And uh, yeah, I swear, like, apparently the villains of this game, like, like you said, the guy at the very end that kind of talks to the camera, uh, apparently, like, Barrier his thing. people Thanks. were mentioned briefly in one of the books, like, in the very beginning, and that was it. Like, that was all their impression was in the whole series, even through the game. So it was like... I, I am shocked that he he read, like, the Forerunner trilogy because that, to me, was just gibberish. Well, it, it gets to the point of where, now that I know you guys have two best friends' knowledge, I could bring up Castle Super Beast. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, Pat and Wooly talked about it. Halo's basically a biblical translation. It's kind of scary More when you less. sit down and talk about it. Literally, yeah. the flood, the ark, the whole the flood, it's, the arc, it, yeah. it's everything. The forerunners, it's weird. The I didn't realize it until they brought it up. It's really spot on, and you can only do that so many times when you're like trying to use that analogy before it just goes. But here's here's the thing, though. If you set up all these things in Halo Five, I mean, why not pay them off? You know, where is Locke? Where is Fire Team Osiris? Where's Blue Team? Where is Cortana? She's I honestly think they're now. trying to avoid that because of how pissed people got with how I know. horrible those trailers were. I mean, I understand they were lies. that, but, but the thing is that, like, yeah, the, the Hunt the Truth thing was a complete fabrication made by the marketing department. It was better than the game itself, but anyway. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, they, why not own that and why not try to make something interesting out of it? Because you could, <coughs> but these people just don't want to do it now and it's just like okay we're just back to fighting the covenant again we're we're gonna fight the banished i mean that's fine i'm sure it'll be fun gameplay for what it is but at the same time i'm like i don't even like i was ready i was ready to be like okay xbox show me something make me want to buy the the series x and now i'm just like 
I'm just like, well, PlayStation 5 it is, you know? And I mean, we'll always have bug snacks. At least we'll have bug snacks. That's it. Remember, it'll be the knack two of PlayStation 5. <laughs> Dude, and, and Xbox could be doing so much with like, Microsoft could be doing a lot with their old franchises too. Am I the only person that remembers Brute Force? No, no you're, you're not. not. No, you are not. Am I the only person that wants to see that game modernized? Am I the only person that wants them to realize that Phil Spencer was a crackhead when he said that a game about music, dragons, and Nero from Devil May Cry and Scalebound was not going to be a game people would like when it's being made by Platinum? And he's usually not wrong about these kinds of things, generally. I mean, I don't know, maybe he is. But <sighs> Phil Spencer seems to me like he's the thoughtful guy. You know, like he would think he wouldn't do something like that and make he, that kind he, of he a would mistake. Think that, was, that was the first time where I was like, Phil... We need to have a chat. We need to have a chat right now. <laughs> Other than him doing this all the time. Hello, guys. Um, Hello, audience. I'm going to um, feed it to you. I'm feeding you the information. I, I've got a recommendation for, for people. Like, you know, I, I think, oh, my God. You, you went off a lot lighter than I expected you to, Kiona. Well, I'm just tired. <laughs> We have been going for a little I, bit here. I remember when you, I remember when all that came out, you were like, man, fuck this, fuck that. You, you, you were just going full on. You were like Howard Beale and I, I can't, I can't really, uh, I can't really swear in, in my house right now. So you, that's you, why. You were mad as hell and you could not take it anymore. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, Halo, Halo Infinite. I um, don't know, man. I, I don't think I'll be getting a Series X. I'll probably just pick it up on, on Xbox One and just like play it off the Game Pass and that'll be it for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll probably do what I always do with Halo and play it from a friend of a friend except for Reach because that one's the best Reach was for awesome. me. Yeah. I got a, I got a recommendation for people that want to see two extremes of uh, just uh, people losing their minds and at the same time people that just are clearly enjoying something for the fun of it. Um, if you guys are gamers, if you want to see a group descend into madness, I mentioned two best friends play. Yep. And it could be argued it's part of why they broke up. But um, if you want to watch something just to have on the background, because it's three hours long, they played David Cage's very first oh. game that he did, Omicron. The Nomad, Nomad Soul. Soul. <laughs> and it is the most maddening game I've ever seen. I'd argue it's probably the worst game I've ever seen. Are you but talking watching... about the door puzzle part? <laughs> yes, but watching, <laughs> David, watching Matt McMuscles, Wooly, and Pat yeah. play through the game is the best thing ever, especially when they start getting disgusted at the writing of the game. And if you want a flip side of that, I'm gonna. I'm also gonna try to get a capture card so that way I can start recording gameplay with Crystal. Because right now, Wooly on his channel, Wooly Versus, is playing my favorite game of all time, Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door, yes. and it is the best thing to see him start to fall in love with the game. He they got past the race war in the tree, and they just finished the uh, the the tournament arc, and now they're they're singing sea shanties in. Uh, um, Keel Hall Key in Chapter Five of that game, and 
you he's having a blast with it even though you can tell he's like okay i see why nintendo won't do this but just to see that radiation of fun and happiness it's so wholesome and another sidebar you want to see woolly at his most wholesome enjoying his life when he and pat went through devil may cry 5 i've never seen woolly be more happy in his entire life i was just like this is like listening to a child get a toy on christmas for 50 episodes (laughs) (laughs) like that's the stuff that's been helping me and getting me through and also on a movie side I, re- I will never not recommend Jojo Rabbit. I, I've been on yeah, a kick Jojo lately. Rabbit. I've been on a kick lately watching yep. stuff that I need to just give myself some positivity. And Jojo Rabbit's like, it's a movie that just makes my soul sing. I, I think about that ending where Jojo and Elsa dance to the tune of Helden by David Bowie. And I just, I, I get so sentimental thinking about it. It's it's a great ending um, to a very a very positive satire. Uh, it's a movie that really um, hits a fine line. I think you know it's it hits a sweet spot that not many Holocaust films can do. Oh, yeah. that's Taika. Yeah. yeah. Yep. If we're so, gonna go back on the what's getting us through stuff. Um, that's my recommendations. That's what's sending to me. That's what's getting me through. Yeah. I'm streaming a lot more lately, finally getting back into that. That's helped quite a bit. Getting nice. to just talk and play games a lot more because it gives me an excuse to go back through backlogs and honestly doing more stuff like this. How I've, is that anyway, doing it through Twitch and stuff? How does that? It works really well. I had a buddy educate me on how to um, do stream labs and how to go through the inner workings and how to make it do what you want. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten pretty decent at it. I've gotten to the point of where I've been able to kind of like do my own little checks on stuff where I don't need to keep calling him. And as much as he's been very helpful, my buddy Danny, he's been very, very nice with me about it. It's, it helps a lot. I've gotten up to streaming about four times a week now. So on days where I'm not doing anything, it helps. I've gotten a little bit of something. So I have people to continuously talk with. That nice. helps quite a bit. That's I'm, cool. yes. And I also, if I ever do have a kid, I have what I call the 90s kids survival guide that I've been building over my life. <laughs> I have a couple of cabinets Sweet. in my basement where I have all of the cartoons that I watched as a child on whatever format I can find them on. Oh, that's oh, awesome. nice. Oh, nice. Like, like, awesome. like Zoids, Beast Wars, um, oh. Ronin Warriors, all this stuff that I watched when I was a kid. And I'm just like, I'm just pick one and then just every night watch a few episodes. And just... All the Toonami shows. Oh, yes. Oh, I love it. it it's nostalgia and it just keeps me going. It's good. It's real good. That's me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else got any recommendations or things that have helped them get through the I watched um I watched Won't You Be My Neighbor, um, that Mr. Rogers documentary. I love uh, that documentary. Oh. It's so good. For the oh. first time since I watched it back in twenty eighteen and that movie damn near had me in tears, you know. I it, it was a very positive, sweet movie, which, you know, that's that's the ultimate pickup movie for me, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I recommend that. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead. So, I, I went down a, a, um, a Disney slash Howard Ashman uh, rabbit hole because the, the documentary Howard uh, was released this weekend. So, I watched that. Followed by Little Shop of Horrors, 
And <laughs> then I went back to uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty, which is, which is one of my favorite uh, documentaries of all time because, you know, it's about the Disney Renaissance, <laughs> which is kind of where my everything began. My love for music, animation, film, nice. all of that. So watching that documentary again really took me back to took me back to my childhood. <laughs> nice. Uh, That's nice. For me, like since I've started my first job ever, it's been like I've been on autopilot for a while. I haven't sure. had like yeah. I haven't been thinking. So it's just been really relaxing just to watch Josh play Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> so that way I don't have like I don't have to put in the brain power to pay attention to it but I just I just enjoy watching in the background and now after playing uh, well watching him play so much I really really want to get into watching her style of films like I need to watch them now yes, yes. yeah we, we do we saw a video I saw a video by my buddy Matt Draper uh, he did a video on Yojimbo and uh a fistful of dollars and how they were both the same and all that. And I had never really seen any footage of Yojimbo except for just the bits with uh, Toshiro Minafune just doing stuff like that as physical ticks for his character. Yeah. And getting to see his performance in that film, at least in those clips, just his face, just how he just leans in like that, just with a like a <laughs> shitty grin on his face. Don't forget, nobody can see you. I know that, but they can't. <laughs> but just seeing his uh, his performance, it reminded me a lot of Wolverine. Again, yeah, I'm bi- I've been engrossed in mutant shit this whole week. <laughs> but like, you you know, seeing him, I was like, okay, I'm sold. I need to watch this, and it's striking how the game matches a lot of that performance in particular. Which I'll go ahead. I will write a review for for Renegade Pop Culture. Nice. Once I finish the game, because I'm almost done with it. Cool. Um, also, one little thing that that I did forget to mention. And I'm sorry. I know this is a long episode, but you know, one more thing, which is that like G4. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> G4 is coming G4 back. G4 is coming back apparently in 2021, which we don't know what the extent of it is going to be. We don't know what like the format's going to be. We don't know who the hosts are. But it's, wow, how weird is that? And you know what was funny was that like the, the week previous to them actually coming back on Twitter, I was actually watching like old like Attack of the Show and X-Play clips on YouTube just because like I just wanted to hear that. Like clearly the channel was on its last legs, you know, towards the end there. But like that combination of like attack of the show and like the way that they had their two hosts and they had like all the guys in the background, like the crew or what have you. And they were just like clapping along and, and like doing the, you know, around the net countdowns and everything like that to me, like there hasn't been a show like that with that sort of like crazy off the wall humor. And um, really hasn't. Yeah, and, and just, like, audience participation and stuff like that. Like, I, I get a big kick out of that. So, for me, that was to see that announcement after I'd been kind of cramming a whole bunch of Attack of the Show clips. I was like, what? <laughs> Which, I need Adam Sessler back in the studio for that. Yeah, he ain't going to do it. 
He's not going to do it, but I highly doubt it. He would be amazing to have back on that. I don't think anyone is going to do it other than maybe Kevin Pereira. Maybe he might go back. I don't know. But like, I'm pretty sure that like Adam Sessler's out. I'm pretty sure Morgan Webb is out. I'm pretty sure like they, they would not. I know for a fact Olivia Munn isn't coming back. Oh, no. Olivia Munn is over that. <laughs> yeah. Stop trying to hit me. <laughs> no violence on this mental health show. Anyway. Stop. All right, guys. I think I, I, I do believe we have hit the uh, the moment of truth here. So this, this show has been going on for almost three, three hours. hours. Yeah. I mean, well, mine is like, oh, yeah. Because the counter starts before we record, but um, watch out, Martin Scorsese. We're coming for your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Zack Snyder. Snyder cut who? <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh boy. <laughs> Gwendolyn's not gonna like that comment. Uh, Gwen, I'm sorry. Love you. I'm still gonna watch Snyder cut. But we're still gonna have her on for the DCU show. Oh, I'm we're sure. totally gonna have her. We, on. Yeah, we we need to have. We her need on. someone who's a defender of of Snyder. It, it'll his... be interesting because I still want my friend Francisco to come back. He left baseball. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get him back on. Yeah, because it'll be great to have a pure someone who's a pure defender and someone who's gonna be a really really on the opposite end. Which, by the way, I'm voicing Zack Snyder in her video. Nice. Sweet. Sweet. All right, guys. So, um, anyway, where can uh, where can the audience find you on social media? Um, I guess I'll go first. I don't know who's gonna go first. <laughs> you, you you can find me at literally YouTube, uh, Tumblr, I guess, if you're feeling fancy, Twitter, and Twitch at Organoid Zero. Nice. All right, Jacob. You can find me on Facebook. It's Jacob Crable, K-R-E-H-B-I-E-L. I'm also part of the Renegade Pop Culture Facebook uh, group. All right, Mike. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CaptainK42. Check out all my uh, quick thoughts on letterbox.com slash CoachK42. And eventually, Brock and I will start our... I guess fresh takes series. next weekend. Next weekend, it's next weekend for sure. I know next we can weekend, do it next weekend on Organoid yes. Zero. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, we should share that on the website actually too. Yeah, absolutely. We're okay with that. <laughs> All right, and uh, Josh and Crystal. Crystal, you go first. You're okay. on Trump's hit list now. Oh no, that's right. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> It's because uh, you can find me on Twitter and TikTok. But oh yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. At um, simply underscore ragu eight sixteen, and you can also find me on Facebook under my name Crystal Gillum, and uh, I'm also on the Renegade Pop Culture uh, Facebook group. And you, and me, longest, longest. You can long find day. me on YouTube at Joshboy sixty four. I've got a video on Logan for the one excellent scene playlist. It's going to be coming later this week. You can find me on Twitter at JSH Lozano. Uh, where I just I post random stuff and I I go off about Charlie Min that asshole. You can find me in the Renegade Pop Culture group in uh, in the Facebook group. I have uh, I have a picture of me smiling. I look pretty okay if I do say so myself. And you can find me on the website. I occasionally <laughs> do write ups and sometimes I'll post my videos if I actually get the motivation to do it. 
and uh, you can support me on Patreon. If you want to hear me talk nonstop and see me get paid for it, you can donate just $1. It helps out a lot because I, I miss being a breadwinner, but I also don't miss going to work. So please help me out. I'm dying <laughs> over here. And Patreon, Josh Lozano. Awesome. All right. And you can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Kona Tang. That's K-O-N-A-T-A-N-G. Um, you can also find Renegade Pop Culture on Facebook and Twitter at Ren Pop Culture. That's capital R-E-N, capital P-O-P, capital C-U-L-T-U-R-E. And uh, renegadepopculture.com is the website, so please go to it, and I promise we will have more content up on there. Um, trying to get writers for the website, so anybody who's interested, just, you know, uh, email us or let us know somehow, send us a private message, do whatever, you know, just... Yeah, get in contact with us. I don't know, send a carrier pigeon. Um, uh, we, you know, also on Twitter as well, at Culture, And on Instagram, you can find me at Neoplasmic24. So, awesome. Nice. All right, guys. We will talk to you later. We got more content coming this week. And after that, we have some X-Men-related goodness, hopefully. Yeah. 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 So Brock will be back for that one. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay. And then I also have a one-on-one interview with this uh, upcoming actress cosplayer um, named Michaela. So that's going to be a fun one Thursday. Yeah. So she's nice. Yeah. She's on Twitter too. So you can find her there. Um, All right. And uh, we will talk to you guys later. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Bye.